Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This Week in League, Apple to release the irony. Make calls, pay for transactions and commit genocide on the English. Peter Sharp commits 100% to unemployment. The NRL puts the Sydney Roosters' 10-pin bowling team on hold indefinitely. And we preview all of the action for round 17 of the 2014 NRL season. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 161 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. So, we may as well go into feedback. I was going to ask you about uh, something, but um, it comes up in the feedback. In fact, it's the first thing, so we'll just go straight to the Twitter. Okay. Tall Hayden, Sunday morning, Springfield Panthers on Sunday footy show. Yes. They can't deny they listen to the show. <laughs> I'm sure it's got anything to do. So, were you, you, were, oh, you were caught completely unaware by this? No, they said that there was going to be a couple of boys, um, a couple of the older yeah. Age group boys on the on the show, and they thanked a few local businesses around the Springfield area that obviously helped get them there, and yeah, and and all the rest of it. So, so no, no, no mention of like super coach of the fucking under seven whites. No, mate, I'm I'm just a I'm just a number there. <laughs> People, I'm flying incognito. I'm flying incognito. People, I'm sure there's listeners of the show floating around the club. Yeah, they don't have a fucking clue who I am. Hey, did I you, like it? Did just you see? Like did you see the segment? Sorry? Did you see it? No, I was out at the time. Yeah, same. Or maybe I was watching UFC. I um, remember. Yeah, I had planned to watch it, but we um, we ended up heading out, so. Yeah, yeah. But good to see the Panthers represented on the, uh, you know, on national telly, which is good. Yeah. Great little club, and um, yeah, it's on the up and up with our five-year plan. <laughs> yeah, by the time they get down to 12, they'll be unstoppable. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> the plan is to keep them, keep them together. Chapo, the creator... Sanderson said, Glenn needs one of these for when he watches SBW play. It's I saw that. The product, the anti-masturbation cross. That is appalling. If you didn't see the picture, I'm sure we retweeted it. It's basically like a, uh, well, a cross made out of like, you know, I guess vomit-proof fabric, you know, that, you know, kids stuff, babies things are made out of. And there's this kid here who looks, you know, probably about, you know, six years of age. And he's... Surely he looks older than that. Oh, I don't know. Doesn't look that old. It's like the fucking kid in Jerry Maguire. Fucking looks like a nerdy kid. <laughs> yeah, it's a Penrith nerd strapped down to this cross <laughs> configuration. It's the perm as a six-year-old. And it has like a Velcro thing that goes over the forehead, uh, one over each wrist to hold them in like a you know cross you know pose. And then there's big you know Velcro flaps that sort of come over the the, the torso and the legs, and the legs are, are held together as well. And so it says um, yeah, adjust, adjustable canvas straps with Velcro. Adjustable head strap incorporated in a backboard. Optional armor mobilizing accessory slides. Underboard for firm spread angle position. You can get it from www.stopmasturbationnow.org. It says, safely train your children to keep their hands off their dangerous sin zones. <laughs> this has got to be a parody. Papoose cross and arm immobilizer work together to safely secure a self-raping child. 
<laughs> so sorry, um, Chapo, you, you're you're absolutely full of shit. But on this one, you, you're 100 percent right, and I, I just wish that they made them big enough for you. <laughs> um, look, I, I I look at that child, and and I, I see Michael Tracy, and I could just imagine maybe young a young shunter. Yeah, well, the kid is carrying a little few extra kgs. <laughs> It could. I mean, shunters are just listening now, just nodding, going, "Yeah, oh shit, they're onto me." Little James right. Chapman. It was a child star. No one knew. Well, he was doing ads for the uh, masturbation cross. Well, come to think of it, I mean, I look at that look at that poor little child that's been strapped down to this anti-masturbation cross, and I think, "Hey, he looks like a Mitch. His name could be Mitch for sure." But which one, Nathan? Well, it's hard to narrow them all down. Cast of thousands. But they probably all got masturbation problems. That's I, I suspect they are the uh, masturbation cross manufacturer's biggest customer. When I think of the term as used on this on this advertisement, <laughs> it's like go onto the website, order a masturbation cross now, enter in the code name Mitch, and get a ten percent discount. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I think of when I think of Mitch's, I mean like the the phrase here, self raping child. Yeah. I mean that's probably the first thing I think of when I think of a Mitch. Um, yeah, after Simpsons quotes and. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm sure when you look up Mitch in those what the baby names mean yeah. self-raping child self-raping child uh, abundance of Simpsons quotes I'm Tim McIntyre underscore said the uh, Tim McIntyre cup was a great success Mounties got up after a player down and scored three unanswered tries he said now I'm not saying Mounties are going to make a statue in my honour but they just might and he goes, fun fact, I've never been beaten... Make it out of fucking butter. Yeah, he's, I've never been beaten by the Blacktown Workers Club. And he's going, hash, Tim less, win less. <laughs> he says that. Yeah. He says, I've never been beaten. Yeah, but then, he, but goes, then he goes on to say... Yeah, another fun fact, Blacktown Workers have never beaten Mounties ever. And he's going, hash, up the mulga. And the, 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 other, the other thing is, um, I remember, I actually very rarely have I got the time to sit What's down... What's a mulga? It's like a, it's like it's a, it's like a plant thing, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, some bush shit. I don't know. I'm not a fucking. I'm isn't Mounties from Castle Hill? Well, what's a, what's the mole got to do with it? Well, the only fucking plant that's in abundance in Castle Hill is, is marijuana. Marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> so they might just build a fucking statue. So it's up, up up the mole. But um, the other thing is, I, I don't often have time to sit down and watch the the Holden Cup and and those those games. You know, I watch the NRL games, but it's very rare I find it. And got a you know sick kids this weekend, over the weekend, and sick wife. They all they all crashed out around lunchtime. So I'm like, great, I can sit back. And I was watching um the West Tigers versus mm-hmm. uh, Mounties, and uh, we got done, didn't we? They were smashing them. It was like twenty something to six, twenty four to six, twenty six to six, something like that. And then the Mountie scored the easiest fucking try I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, wow, that's, that was really fucking easy. And then another one, another one. And then it got to the stage where they scored right in the buzzer to win the game. Ish. <laughs> it was, it was Tim great. Tim McIntyre came on. And I was just, th- and the first thing I thought of was, wow, like that Tim McIntyre as a, as a role model and, you know, figure of respect in the Mounties organisation, mm. it's, it's really been a, a, a banner day for the club. Well, I suspect that they used Tim McIntyre as 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 quite the motivation yeah. within the club, um, and it's you know it's games like that where you have to overcome such great adversity, not only on the scoreboard but like Tim has in life. Mm-hmm. He's had to wake up all these years and look in the mirror and see that. Yep. 
So there you go. And he hasn't turned out that bad. But he had a good day. He's got nothing going for him. Yeah. But he's, yeah. I mean, he's still got a smile on his face. Yeah, he had a great day on Saturday or Sunday, whatever day it was. I can't good remember. luck to him. It was, it was, it was probably New South Wales. Although, well. we got in trouble for mistaking him for a player. Yeah, well, he said it's DM. said, no, I'm not a player. Or, oh, I can't remember what it said. Yeah, did we? I'm sure. I thought you said he was like a runner. I'm sure you said he was a runner. I don't know that I, I think I may have insinuated or even thought for one second that he might have been a... Perhaps I mused aloud, like, you know, d- yeah. did he play? And then you were like, no, he's, you know... No, look at him. He's fat cunt, he's a runner, look at him. you know, if that... Yeah, he's a Have a fucking look at him, Nathan. <laughs> he's not playing anything. Unless they put a fucking bell in the ball, he ain't playing. Yeah. Now, I'm hoping... And then we said it was a shit comp, and that was only after we insinuated that Tim might have played in that comp, which would in turn make it a shit comp. Exactly, we were just covering our bases. Now, um, Ben Z, he's, he's actually... Uh, He's he's dialed down the grogness a bit lately, and uh, he's been he's, he's been, been nice to me, and I've responded in yeah. turn. And and he was and he and he tells us tales on Twitter when he's drunk like that time, and he got you know got a gobby from this you know stripper or whatever it was. Down and at King's Cross. he got in trouble from his missus. Yeah, and this one's not going to go any better for him because he sent us a tweet and said, "I drank my own piss once. It wasn't enjoyable whatsoever." It was, it was a fucking funny video though. <laughs> Maybe we should get... I think the next person that's going to need a masturbation cross is the Ben Z. Yeah, quite possibly. There's not going to be a lot of action coming his way for quite some time, and uh, I would imagine he's probably going to be looking to flog the skin off it. Masturbation cross coming your way. Maybe you get two masturbation crosses, yeah, and you set up uh, Ben Z versus you know, anyone like you know, Chapo or whoever, and they could be strapped into it standing up. And they can have, like, you know, people that have those sumo suits where they have those, those, <laughs> those wrestles in sumo suits, those big blob sumo suits. You could, Chappé, you know, they, could, they could get in there and have a jewel uh, strapped into masturbation cross. Like, hey, Ben, let's, how about, look, look, let's help each other out. <laughs> you know what I want? I know what you want. Let's try and maneuver these crosses around and we can help each other out. Next thing, yeah. Chapo's getting a wristy from Ben's head. Yeah. No, yeah, well, no one wants that. Facebook, the number, the number one. I mean, and he actually said that. Look, look, I'm the, I'm the king of, I'm the king of Facebook for Tool Nation. Saguna. Yeah, Saguna, and uh, he's, he's like, you know, the rest of them can, you know, they can fight over Twitter, but I'm the king, of, I'm the king of Tool Nation for Facebook. He really is, he is. and it's daylight second. Yeah, day, daylight, not even daylight. I mean, it's like fucking white hot, fucking burning sunlight. You know, like it's, it has to go like far beyond daylight. It's like you know you got to dial the temperature right up because there's like there's no there's no one who'd be comfortable as bright as the place. sun that shines out of my ass, Nathan. You would say the uh, the nether the nether world. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said, "Hey fellas, since there's so much praise on here for this Penrith cheerleader, I have a few ideas that might get all our male listeners involved. One, get in a model your tool clothing." I'm pretty sure one of these Mitchell Penrith nerds who love to watch their Simpsons porn and jerk off to Jamie Soward every time he scores a try and does his village people cowboy try pose know who she is and can help you guys out. It's about time we put these fucking Penrith nerds to work. We're sick of making them look cool. Two, maybe you guys can run a competition to see who can get the best pick of them with, with this girl while wearing your twill gear. The first person who can take a photo of her wearing one of your twill shirts should automatically be inducted into the Twill Hall of Fame. What do you guys think? Fairly elite company in the Twill Hall of Fame, considering it doesn't fucking exist yet. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps the Hall of Fame could be uh, reserved for revelations and you know people who've done yeah you know, like epic. That's just going to insinuate stupid fucking people like Chapo and the Ben Z. Yeah. 
who are like Twitter buddies now. I know, I know. The, well, you know, last week in the, you know, they met, you know, they mentioned they followed each other and it was all good. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. So what's it gonna? So what's it gonna? You just, it's it's gonna, like you're insinual, inciting rather, these people. If you start giving them incentives, saying, oh, you can make it into the Hall of Fame, then they're just gonna keep up in the ante. Yeah, that's because grant. You know, grand, you know, public spectacles of getting the name of the show. Oh, could you imagine where it's going to get to? It's like the Triple J. Had that Triple J used to have that. Yeah, you know, they may they may still do it. I don't know, but that bang the drum competition where it's like you know, you the most public, you know, thing involving their logo. Yeah, that, you yeah. know, you can you know yeah, within the within the realms of, of legality things like I that. I don't know that we want to do that. Because we've had some fantastic people in the past, like like Aaron and Jill. And, you know, they they got some signs on a yeah, they're on not a gronks, show but and, yeah, yeah, not complete and utter gronks like these other blokes. But I definitely would like to get this Danny Tequila in a This Week in League shirt. I'm not even fucking joking. Like, I'm not even saying, like, oh, yeah, pantless. I mean, that'd be great. But if, you know, anyone, anyone can hook it up, I'll, I'll send her one. And uh, just, I mean, I'm presuming it's small. I'd like to see her in small. <laughs> you know, whether it fits or not. <laughs> oh, Nathan, look. Look. I'd like to see our shirts on any attractive young lady. Yeah, but this is you got. I'm I'm championing her as a revelation. You know, people are picking up that that people are picking up what I'm putting down, and I've got a great feeling about her potentially taking that revelation in 2014. I agree, Nathan. I'm I'm not I'm not against the idea by any stretch. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I'm just I'm just I'm just pushing my I'm 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 just pushing my horse, you know, to win this race. And uh, but no, seriously, not fucking about. Love to see her in a shirt. So if anyone can make that happen, I know someone that works at Panthers leagues, but they're probably not. Oh, fuck, I just realised. I, I just realised I've been emailing this chick that works in Panthers membership. She wanted me to make up a Penrith shirt. Done. Sorted. I'll get that. I'll get the Penrith shirt running too. Done. I'm going to make it happen, boys. There you go, Saguna. No one wins a prize. How did we have this whole conversation and then you... It just, it just literally fucking light bulbed fuck, off. I tell you, it's hard working with retards. I tell you, it's, it's so much going on in my mind. You know, I try and push the Penrith shit to the very back because, you know, last priority. But now... <laughs> But now I'm, with, now, Penrith I'm, nerds. now I'm on board. So perhaps I'll induct myself into Hall of Fame, you know, and rightfully so. Now they're going to have fucking tear stains on their Lowe's shirts. <laughs> fucking Mixed nerds. in with the fucking early times. <laughs> <laughs> Burn holes from fucking Winnie Greens. Or whatever the fucking Long Beach, where the fucking cheap ass and like. the fucking extra hole perm ge- perm grease and it's fucking stains of Sol- glow. Sol- glow. Well, that's probably the flash stuff. They probably use WD forty. Oh, he lives in Bondi now. The perm. Uh, that's true. You can probably get Sol- glow. Get good I stuff. I'm pretty sure he's squatting. Yeah. Not just a piss. Okay, memberships. Now, as we've seen on Twitter, we sort of said last week, you know, you should get them by the end of the week, and Friday, sure, sure enough, Friday and yesterday and today. We've had yep. people tweeting us saying, yeah, they got their packs and putting pictures up and everything, which is fantastic. I love it's it. I retweeted see. every single one. Getting a lot of love from the, the people sending them through and getting a lot of interest from other people as well going, oh, really? What's the, you know, what's the deal there? What do you get? We've only been talking about it for a fucking year. And speaking of talking oh. about it, we've had a, had, a couple of, <laughs> had a couple of situations. And so, I mean, I just like to throw it out there just to, just because in case people, you know, who aren't Twitter people... Well, I'd just like know. to say that we love each and every one of our listeners and we love each and every person that supports our show by exactly. buying a membership. Even the ones that are complete and utter fucking retards. I'll see, I wasn't going to go... I wasn't going to go... I wasn't going down that road, Glenn. But when we did... When we did do the... 
<laughs> the, the, the memberships. It's very clear in the in the literature and 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 you know on the show we were saying you know it's saying these shirts we we do shirts that are up up to sizes that normal people don't do. I mean in shops you know three XL is pretty much the 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 most you're going to get for ninety nine percent of of items. The reason why is that t shirt manufacturers in Australia like Gildan and Haynes and stuff like that they only make up the three XL. There's a couple of of rare you know like one line of Gildan shirts maybe that does up to 5XL. The thing is, the shirts that we provide, they're custom-made, they're handmade. The shirts aren't blanks that have had the tags removed. They're actually handmade shirts uh, made to our specifications, which means, given that, we can go up to the width of the shirt, we can make the width of the shirt as wide as a roll of fabric, which is like fucking 90-odd, 90 to a metre, 90 centimetres to a metre wide, which means we can go up to conceivably something in the vicinity of 18XL. Which, which you still struggle to get over Johnard's head. Yeah. So, which is why we said and so. And so when when developing the sizing, basically went through. I looked at uh, Gildan and Haynes and and found out what their their sizes were. And up to the five XLs that they did five XLs match their sizes perfectly. Which is why we match up to size. And in some cases, like the Haynes might be, for example, like in a in an XL, the Haynes might be sixty one centimeters wide, and ours are sixty two centimeters wide. But like they're always. And if if there's a situation where we erred. Either way, we always err to the bigger centimetre just because, you know, why have a shirt We do appeal small? to the husky gentleman. Exactly, exactly. And our sales reflect that. So when people <laughs> order shirts without measuring and order shirts bigger size than they normally get... You end up with bed sheets, Nathan. We'll try. We, we will try wherever possible to swap shirts out for people. But when when these these say when these people acknowledge that they deliberately went higher size and didn't look measure and deliberately went higher size than they normally get, it's just a recipe for it's it's just a recipe for ridicule from us. Um, but yeah, so we're treating it this time where possible because let's face it, I mean to take it down a lower size I means you know, we pretty much ordered what we needed plus not even ten percent because we wanted to limit the uh, you know we exactly. got to the point where we limited these memberships. So, where possible, we can do we can do the trades. And if someone needs to go up for whatever reason, you know, we can we can probably certainly probably go with that. certainly. But I think certainly, I mean, I think going up is not going to be a problem for people. Yeah. Because we're going to have people, you know, throwing you know, like three XLs want two XLs, for example. Yeah. So if you're a two and want a three, no doubt about it, we can hook you up. Uh, it'd be better if these three XLs wanted to get XLs, but you know, that's beside the point. So. If you have an issue, send us an email, hello at thisweekinleague.com. Let us know what the situation is, and uh, we'll let you know. Like, I'm looking at the stock now. I can sort of see it if I lean back on my chair, and the sizes are there on the table, and there's less than five per size, I can see. And in some cases, there's only two and one, but they're the smaller sizes, like mediums and stuff. So, yeah, let us know, and we'll see what... And if you've already let us know... The lady at the post office said next time... Yeah. Go in the day previous. Yeah. You can get a big fucking post bag. Yeah, like a sack. A sack. And put all of them in the. Put them all in. What did you do? Did you bring them in those packing boxes? Yep. Yeah. Or Nicklin did. That was a fucking lot of boxes and stuff. Oh, I repacked them all when I put all oh, okay. the stuff in at home. Yeah. I repacked them all neatly, but it still took up three boxes. The thing that was pleased me most about the memberships in the postage was that those bags were for a maximum of five hundred grams, and I know our posh. Got his, and he had 
like two shirts and all this other stuff, he's would have weighed fucking eight hundred and fifty grams minimum. Yeah, right. So it's good. Thanks, Australia Post. You're all right. You can't go right. <laughs> so anyway, that's the story of the membership. And yeah, so we'll we we'll try and exchange things uh, where we can. But uh, you know, some some people it's going to be first in first serve, especially for people who want to go from three X down to two X. Because I'm looking at two X, and there's probably four or five of them there max. So yeah, that's how many we can probably accommodate. Um, but get on the site if you need to go down a size or up a size. Get on the site, look at the sizing chart, and measure one of your shirts in the same. You know, it's all described on there. Measure one of your shirts because you may find that you know you need an XL or something like that. So. Yeah, we'll always advise this when we release shirts, uh, but yeah, always, always, always fucking measure. I mean, now our sizes are pretty are very standard, so you know you can pick the size that you are. Shouldn't you go no wrong problem. from here on in, but but yeah, you got to do your part, guys. We did our part. I mean, as far as like you know, resizing everything after the tigers in decline with some of the larger sizes there, like anything from two X up. So we've done that now. Size is standard. And uh, yeah, and I'm glad the people are putting the pictures up and everything and stuff. It's awesome. Glad to see everyone's uh, enjoying stuff. And the XL people who we mentioned last week, uh, spoken to the supplier and they're currently doing the one in a row shirts. So if you ordered a one in a row shirt, I'll throw it in there with that, you know, as far as shipping's concerned. Otherwise, you're probably looking at about a month and that, that's when it's all going to sort of come out anyway. So um, yeah, that's it. Okay, first story. Well, what else could we use as? I mean, you know, first story, biggest story. It could, it could really be the only story of the week for. It's been fucking done to death. But for the fact there's been some other little nuggets of gold uh, unearthed this week as well. But Todd Carney. So uh, Todd Carney has been effectively banned for life from the NRL, with officials declaring they would be highly unlikely to ever again register a playing contract for him. Of course, why has this come out? Because he had his contract with Cronulla torn up following the release of a photograph showing him performing a vulgar act at a nightclub urinal. Nightclub meaning northies, and vulgar act meaning pissing in an upward motion and trying to catch said piss in his mouth. It's cost him at least $3 million dollars. Fucking Jesus. And other codes have indicated they won't grant him a lifeline. On Monday, he said he was devastated by a loss of his dignity as a person arising from his, in quotes, prank. Speaking for the first time since the scandal, Carney said he'd not even be able to talk to, been able to talk to his mother about the photograph that appeared to show him urinating in his own mouth. Oh, I haven't spoken to her because she can't speak to me and I can't speak to her. It's just been text messages. So yeah, they're difficult ones. I didn't do it to let anyone down. I didn't do it for a picture to be taken. Until Saturday, I didn't even know there was a picture ever taken. The NRL cannot officially deregister Carney for the next year because he does not have a contract now after the Sharks tore up his $3 million deal on Sunday night. But Chief Operating Officer Jim Doyle said it would, it would be highly unlikely he would ever be allowed back in the NRL. Firstly, a club would need to determine that they want him to be part of their team, Mr Doyle said. I'd be surprised if any club made that decision considering his past. Then he would need to convince the NRL he's a fit and proper person to play our game and we would naturally take into account his past. Given he's been terminated from three clubs, it's most unlikely that he 
he'd be cleared to rejoin a club in the NRL. Cronulla cl- cancelled training at the tip at Ramondas on Monday, and Sharks CEO Steve Noyce addressed the players to explain why he was axed. Uh, players expressed their views in return with some angry that the club had taken such drastic action. So, the photo itself. It was taken two Saturdays. I thought it was taken longer ago, but only it was two Saturdays ago in the men's toilets at Northies in Cronulla. Uh, his manager, David Riolo, claimed the image was not as it seemed. It's a setup, like when people stand in front of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Todd's paid a very heavy price for a photo he didn't want out there or upload himself. It was supposed to be kept between mates. He's got a photo of himself gone worldwide in not a very pleasant setting that's going to be on the net for his family and everyone to see. England may be an option for Carney to continue his career, although UK authorities rejected a visa application in 2009 after he was sacked by Canberra and deregistered by the NRL. Salford Red Devils owner, your favourite club. Salford? Multi-millionaire Marwan Cookash tweeted after his sacking, we have no interest in Todd Carney. <laughs> so, and that motherfucker's interested in everybody. Yeah. And it looks like he's, it says he's going to have to take an annual pay cut of $430,000, but his oh. future may lie in French rugby. He began discussing a move to France in the 15-man code as soon as, he was snacked, as soon as he was sacked by the Sharks, and moves are being made to align him with a lower-level top 14 outfit. It's understood he'll be on the market for two hundred twenty grand a year, a heavy deficit from his six hundred fifty grand a season with Cronulla but it is his only lifeline they're saying that once, as I just mentioned UK don't allow people in with the criminal conviction or can block people from Japanese rugby will not entertain players with excessive tattoos let alone a criminal record and the RIU has just rejected him, <laughs> signing him you know, straight up. So rugby union is so image conscious that they are, and they want to steer clear of trouble, that even if one of the super rugby franchises tried to sign him without a national top-up, the ARL would still move to block it. Yeah, you. Sorry, yeah. Um, well, French rugby could be an option. That's going to be French the bang option. bang up for a golden shower. That's going to be the option, I would say. I have a, I have a lot of different little tidbits in regarding uh, regarding Todd Carney. I, I think he's an extremely talented footballer. I think he, he has way too much growing up to do for someone that's 28 years of age. And I just, just think a, everyone loves a good time. Don't get me wrong. Look at how I get on the piss. and People got friends that are loose. I'm obnoxious and, and, yeah. and all the rest of it. But you still have to have some semblance of, of, of your wits about you. Like, I've been yeah. really, really, really fucking drunk. Yeah. I still know what I'm doing. And if, yeah. I, if I ever got, in, you know, crossed the line or got over in, in a trouble or whatever, then you take responsibility for your actions. Like, one of the most telling parts of this whole saga is that he came, you know, in his first interview with Danny, Danny Widler, yeah. of course, He's, the first thing he says was, oh, Steve Noyce, if it wasn't for Steve Noyce, I'd still be at the club. Yeah. Well, fucking hang on a sec, mate. I've actually got that quote here too. He said, uh, first he says that he received a phone call uh, late Sunday from Steve Noyce who asked him what he thought should happen to him. I said, I just wanted an opportunity to talk to the players firstly, then talk to the board and the staff. And he said he'd let me know about that after he sat down. But the boys got a text message 10 minutes later saying there was a release about to happen. So I felt betrayed and lied to there. It's hard to say if it's personal or not, but he was the CEO at my previous club at the Roosters that terminated my contract there. And if there was someone else in control at the club this time, I don't think I would be sacked. But that doesn't condone his actions. (laughs) And given his past and... You know, this incident, if he was a clean skin, this incident would be regrettable, it would be, uh, you know, unsavoury, 
yeah. he'd probably still be able to play. I would imagine they, they'd make was... an example of him for a little bit. He'd cop a fine, yeah. bit of a suspension, and he'd be, and he'd be back. But Just so, was, was John Monaghan, was that dog thing? That was the only other thing ever he ever did? Yeah. So I was wondering, because I, mean, I guess it depends on because, you know, obviously... But did he, did he just run to get... Or was he completely deregistered and uh, gone? Oh, yeah, the whole deregistered thing happened. Yeah, right. Maybe he did just run because that's some shameful shit. Absolutely. And hasn't been back. Yeah. But you just have to wonder where his head's at. Um, given his past, he's, he's been given a lifeline by Cronulla. Um, and by all reports, this isn't the first uh, first time this season he's stepped out of line. This is, you know, there's been a couple of other incidents which are reportedly... They never, Romanian... never, never been, never been elaborated on. No, and that's the thing. You got to wonder where the information's coming from because I think this incident, taken in isolation of his career at at Cronulla, I think you know sacking is like a harsh, a harsh outcome. But then you see these things on Twitter, and you know it's how reliable it is, and who's leaking it. And but Gallon's coming out tonight and said saying, oh, it was like time he, for him to go. Yeah, well, I mean, the, 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 apparently there was something that happened like a couple of weeks ago that was worse than this that he should have got sacked for. So, but yeah, no one will say what it was though. Yeah, you know, and expand on it any, you know. So, whether that's just coming out now, like you know, if people people go, "Wow, that was harsh to sack him over something like that," where really it was, you know, did a lot to to harm his own image, but he didn't do it to anybody, and blah 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 blah. But that doesn't make it right, and that doesn't, no, it's not. It's not right. It's not it right. Certainly doesn't. I mean, and and none of what he's done really, um, outside of setting his mate on fire <laughs> that time, <laughs> crazy Todd. Um, <laughs> none of what he's done really harms anyone but, him, but himself, but he still has an obligation to honour his contract and not bring the game or the club that he's playing for at that particular time into disrepute. And it's not a hard thing to be able to go out with your mates and not piss in your own mouth. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a difficult thing to go out with your mates and not grab the keys and drive yourself home. Only to be pulled over by the police and do a runner. It's not a difficult thing it's not to go out with your mates and not set them on piss, fire. Piss on the back fence of a fucking service station in broad daylight. Around, I don't remember what suburb it was. I don't remember what suburb it was because I was so drunk. <laughs> but if I had a mate named Fence Paling and I was pissing on him, then that'd be a real problem. The fact I was pissing on an actual fence paling, I don't. I think that's less of an issue. And not to uh, mention there was like a dozen other people yeah, exactly. doing it at the same time. I don't think it's a difficult thing to go out, you know, to go out with your mates and and have your mates expect to not be set on fire. Yeah, um, I agree. I'd hate to be set on fire while drinking piss. You know, I'll just, that, what that, are you doing? That, that'd be it's your shout, Nathan, all of a sudden I'm up in flames. Like, yeah. I could imagine that happening because you'd go to great lengths to avoid putting your hand in your fucking pocket because that's the top of like you are. <laughs> but as far as Todd Carney goes, what the fuck are you thinking? Grow up. Mm-hmm. You've had you've had adversity in your life. He's lost his father. Um, uh I Guess lost, what? You Tons know, of people have. I lost my father too. Exactly. I'm yet to set a single one of my mates on fire. I mean, you lose. I lost my father as well. And you probably do. Haven't ever in, pissed in my mouth. You, you, know, you, you probably, you know, pissing and you know, at least tried to piss in your own mouth. I mean, let's be real. No, look. To be quite <laughs> honest, I'm hung like a numbat. If I tried to piss in my own mouth, the stream wouldn't make it. If you could, fucking, if you if you could wind up a stream like Toddy though. Well, fuck me, that could power a paddle steamer, I think. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, 
look, I, I just I don't get his excuses. I don't think that there's any real chance of him finding redemption within the game. And you know, whether I, I don't know that forgiveness is the key. I I think they're um the incidents are all just stupid, and they're, they're incidents that you'd probably expect from a a teenage kid that's been off the rails and. And doesn't have anyone that gives a fuck about him. He's got a mum. He's got a, at least one sister. Um, yes, he's lost his father, but he, you know, by all reports, he was very close to his father. And you think that he would have instilled certain values, etc., in him. And yet, this is how he carries on. You know, when he's on, you know, he's living and, out his and, dream. And guess what? Everyone fucking loses their father. Yeah, without exception. Just unless you die young, you can, everyone you can loses. Take them. your fucking excuses. The the root cause of the problem is that you need to grow the fuck up, and not just Todd Carney. People like Blake Ferguson, um, Josh Dugan, Josh Dugan, numerous other people that just think Darius Boyd. I'm, I've achieved my my life's work. I'm I'm playing rugby league for a living, so. Um, you know, I may have been a douchebag my entire life, but if I wasn't, I'm going to be one now because I play in the NRL. Just it, it gives the rest of the players that are out there in the community and on the field each week doing the right thing. Um, and you know, fucking, if he doesn't play another game of NRL, then good riddance. As far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm sick of these stupid stories detracting from what should be, you know, another successful season. We, we're in, you know, we've just come off the, you know, the biggest state of origin series in forever and you know that's the things we should be celebrating is the, the closest the I mean they always say this year is going to be the closest comp ever but well, if I can look at it this year probably is the closest comp sure and you know we still have fucking douchebags stealing the headlines rather than the game itself so you know go to French rugby do what the fuck you got to do grow up could you imagine if this bloke you know what happens when he has kids and oh. just like, what fuck example are you setting? Yeah, well, I think fuck he doesn't. Oh, have kids Mr. Right Carney, now. can you please come down to the daycare? Your son set one of the other kids on fire. And then tried to put him out by pissing on him. Yeah. Like, give me a fucking break. Grow yeah. up. And it's, it feels like every week we have to fucking go in, go in hard on these fucking footballers and their attitude problems. When the simple case is, the simple fact is, playing football well is a fucking useless skill in the world. <laughs> if football uh, if football as a sport didn't exist, they've got a useless fucking skill exactly. that they didn't work to, you know, they obviously there's training and everything like that, but this you know the, the 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 great players are born with something that you know hard works another player can work their fucking ass off and only achieve half of the exactly. you know, the sort of level of skill and greatness and whatever. So what they've got is they've, they've, they've blundered in by a fucking genetic luck. They've won the lottery and, and acquired a useless skill that just happens to be sellable for a large, vast amount of money for a period of a decade or so. And just the fucking squandering of it because they're just ridiculous fucking mental pygmies and the thing is, there's so much that goes on. It just makes you... There's so much that goes on that never makes the papers. Well, put it this way. <laughs> if fucking old mate didn't... Detect, well, let's get into the story. How'd the photo come out? There was a couple of theories. One of the best ones going around Sunday night on Twitter was that it was our old mate, Grayson Goodwin. Grayson Goodwin, who's currently serving out a 26-week suspension from Rugby League because he was doing some tweets about Matt Chechen saying, you know, that like gay people, gay people are fucked at refereeing and, you know, that gay people shouldn't be allowed to referee and whatnot. However, then Bronx Goodwin 
starts tweeting people about, like, you know, fucking delete that. My brother didn't have anything to do with it. And I fucking know for a fact. I know who did it, but I'm not saying. Yeah. So it turns out one of his friends, Mick Robinson, admitted that he'd taken the photograph. And the quote from him is, a couple of young blokes out having beers at a popular night spot. I've gone to the toilet, seen Todd there, asked him if he'd ever heard of a fountain. He's gone to do it. Obviously, didn't know I had my phone there, and I've snapped the photo of it. The urine never actually went into his mouth. And after he snapped the photo, he forwarded it to his brother, and this is the fucking the the best, who ended up losing his phone at the races. Yeah, and I'm sure fucking Gary Gallen picked it up, or maybe you know fucking Robert Louis' cousin or someone were the one that they found the phone. Well, again, I'm 36 years of age, been getting drunk a lot longer than a lot of these blokes. A lot longer than even degenerates like fucking Todd exactly. Carney, let's face it. And I've been really, Nathan, I can't stress to you enough. I've, I've fucking, I've been there. I've been really, really, fucking really drunk, mate. I've been there a couple of these times. Never once <laughs> have I lost my fucking phone. Well, never once, and never once, let's be real, never once have you actually fucking lost, like, sight of, of who you are or anything. <laughs> like... Let's just, every time every time someone's been unlucky enough to find us at a grand final, we've been spastic because we've been drinking since like ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Race days. Race days. Right, Melbourne Cup day. I started drinking origin, at nine a.m. That state of origin function, and then the uh, afterwards. Yeah. Fucking... <laughs> that was just the loosest, loosest stuff you've ever seen or yeah. heard. <laughs> Still had my phone. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep, and still, you know, you weren't doing anything fucking ridiculous. I mean, you probably Didn't set you prob- on fire. Probably not louder. even once. You know, wanted you, to. You probably got better. You, you probably get a bit huggier than you, than, than ordinary. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a hugger. Yeah, there is. I am a hugger. There's no doubt about it. You get a bit louder. You know, you, you, your language probably degenerates to. But you know, yeah. your language degenerates to what we hear on the show. Yeah, like it's normal. You know, none of us are really. Brad, like, Brad's uh, like, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking loud. <laughs> you lose your inside voice. Yeah, it's just like Jesus. You get loud. You go and and sure on McKenna bourbon in particular. McKenna bourbon. Don't know what the added ingredient in is there. Sends Rage. me off the fucking charts. Craziness. Yeah. Lucifer horns come out. Yeah. I'm nuts. Yeah. Never lost my phone. Still haven't pissed on my mates. Still haven't pissed in my own mouth. Haven't set anyone on fire. Haven't pissed yourself. I mean, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I just don't fucking get it. These blokes, again, <laughs> if it wasn't for the ability to do it professionally, it would be a fairly fucking useless skill. Um, and they have, a lot of these blokes have no other fucking desirable trait about them. They're f- some of these things. You look at the timeline on, on Grace and Goodwin's Twitter. No. Oh. Fucking grub. Yeah. Absolute yeah. fucking grub. Yep. Yep. You know, that's my that's my humble opinion based on... And he's in tight, he's in tight with, you know, with Fergie Ferg and that as well. Oh, so, look, you know, he's he's around it. Or just, they put themselves up on a pedestal when, you know, you, you look at what some other players are doing uh, in the community, you know, with kids and, and you know, sick kids and, and all the rest of it, trying to use their position of privileged, you know, to benefit others. And then you've got blokes pissing in their own mouths and on each other and and, and generally just being fucking idiots. I just, I, I can't stand it. So They're just kids that uh, have been pandered to for far too long, and we've said it before, shitty parenting, um, you know, 
Todd Carney's manager, David Riolo, pull your fucking head in. It's your job to keep him on the straight and narrow, given his history. Exactly. Don't you, just you're your, happy to take, take whatever your fucking or whatever you cut percentages is, yeah. of his $3 million contract. Where the fuck is your obligation to make sure that he he is in a you know a fit state of mind to honour his contract? Instead of coming out in the media saying, oh, the club was harsh. Fuck you. It's your job. Mm-hmm. Your fucking job as his manager... To manage the car. To manage him. You know what his history is. Yeah. You know you'd have to keep a close eye on him. Oh, I'm going to take Todd Carney on my books. Yeah. $3 million contract. Yes, please. Or yeah, probably ooh. have to pay him a bit of extra attention. Yeah. No, can't do that. I'll just take my cash. What the fuck else is... It? This is the thing I think about with these managers as well. I mean, you're negotiating you know, sponsorships and stuff like that outside of the contracts, but the contracts are finalised once. mm and they're usually good for two to five years, depending on, you know, if it's a Titans player or someone else. <laughs> so what else do you have to fucking do to keep these people bubbling along? Pun after you've, after, <laughs> Completely accidental. Uh, what do you have to do to keep them bubbling along, though, after you've fucking signed away their next, you know, two to five years of their career... They, there's not. They pretty much run themselves at that point. There's, you've got the fucking free time. What I'm trying to say is, you've got the time to check in on them exactly. and make sure they're not making cuts you know, of themselves. And, and don't blame the club. Don't blame the management. The club, its hands were tied at the end of the day. It made yeah. such a furor. What the fuck else were they going to do? The the fact remains that a first and foremost, Todd Carney is responsible for his actions. Mm-hmm. Second of all. Um, he surrounds himself with the wrong fucking people. He's got a manager that doesn't give two fucks about him other than his bank account, and he's got mates that would gladly take a photo of him and ship it around to God knows who. Oh, sorry, Throw my phone got lost. Yeah. Fuck off. Well, how did someone get into your phone? Yeah. How did, if your phone got lost, how did someone get into it? How did yeah. someone unlock your phone, get into your photos? Oh, look, there's a snap of Todd Carney. That was I'm just going to send that yeah. to the fucking media. Yeah, okay. well, it doesn't happen to me. I mean, it didn't go to the media. Does be, you know, to be fair. Okay, so it went to random yeah. people. But yeah, yeah, and then we can go into the random people. Well, the first thing with the Goodwins, I didn't see this because I didn't, I didn't get a tweet. I mean, I feel left out. But apparently, uh, Grayson Goodwin put a tweet up. He said, "I will make this clear. I did not post any photo of Toddy. Thank you all for your death threats." And then he's, um, then the Goodwin family have started to try and stop the photo going viral. Luke Goodwin began contacting Facebook users after 10.30pm on Saturday asking them to delete the photo from their pages. And then his brother-in-law, Joel Reddy, also sent messages to social media users on Sunday asking them to delete comments naming Goodwin. Which makes me think he had something to do with the, the leakage of the photo because if you didn't do it, you just say, I didn't do it, and then deal with you know people saying you did it anyway. But this is kind of family-wide... You know, concerted yeah. effort to remove traces and like mentions of him from the you know it's it, it reeks of guilt to me. But I saw a tweet today and I can't remember who it was from. I apologise, but said that the guy, the initial tweet that went up, and I forget the guy's Twitter handle. He put it up. That guy who initially put the photo up was the guy who had the Instagram fight with Josh Dugan, where Josh Dugan told him to end himself, talking about his tattoos and stuff. It's all very incestuous. That guy, well, well, just that guy. I mean, at the time, Dugan was. Uh, it was after the the rooftop. He's a Raiders uh, fan, isn't he? Yeah, he's a Raiders fan. It was after the rooftop breezes thing, or cruises, and I believe it was at the time when Dugan had negotiated the two million deal with the Broncos to the point where the Broncos were going to the NRL to see if they could get it registered. 
and then he's had this battle with the guys and end yourself and the Broncos have gone that's it we've got nothing to do with you so that deal was off and then after that point is when he signed with the Dragons so he's killed the Broncos career for Dugan he's killed the Cronulla career potentially the NRL career of Todd Carney you know let's you know leaving out the fact that Todd Carney's obviously far more than just complicit in the ruination of his sure. own career but yeah, that guy he's like the yeah you know, it would be mainly a coach kills but this guy's a bit of a fucking player killer <laughs> yeah well, look, the whole situation again it could just be if there was a bit more maturity involved on a lot of different fronts in that situation uh, from, from Carney himself to his mates to his manager uh, the whole thing could well and truly have never have seen the light of day Moving on, next story, another casualty. Peter Sharp has quit as interim Cronulla Sharks coach. Sharp informed players and staff of his decision this morning, Tuesday morning. Cronulla approached current Australia coach Tim Sheens to take over the role for the remainder of the season, but he's knocked the club back. It's capped a turbulent time for Cronulla and Sharp, who was reluctantly thrust into the position as head coach following the suspension of coach Shane Flanagan. He was absent from the team's crisis meeting on Monday following the sacking of Todd Carney on Sunday as he had a pre-booked medical appointment. He handed in his resignation on Monday night. The Sharks are yet to name a replacement, but dumped St. George Illawarra coach Steve Price has been mentioned as a potential candidate, as has former Cronulla captain Brett Kamali. He quote from uh, Sharpie, I've certainly enjoyed my time at the Sharks and I've met a number of wonderful people. I thank the Sharks for the opportunity both as an assistant and as the head coach, even with the challenges we face this year. But I think the decision I've made to step down is in the best interest of the club and I believe for me it is in my best interest as well. I hope the players can fulfil their potential and finish the season on a positive note. Um, and he, of course he was thrown under a bus by Gallon just last week when he suggested that, uh, that Sharpie wasn't giving 100% as coach. So now the Sharks, no sponsors. Well, no sponsor, major sponsor, no coach, and uh, no star half in in Carney. So they um, under twenties coach James Shepherd. He's gonna he's been bumped up to assist Sharp, and so I think he's going to be the guy that takes the reins at least until they can find someone for next year. Or you know, I'm not sure if he's going to be caretaking for the rest of the year, but they got to try and get someone in there. And so they're they're basically removing the coaching from their you know lower grade system so it's going you know, club wide so they're going to make a coaching decision in the upcoming days uh, Noyce said well it's very sad to see him go it was fitting that Peter departs on his own terms that being on the back of a record breaking comeback win for the club last Friday night in Brisbane the club certainly appreciates his efforts in what's been a very difficult season and while he may have expressed the reluctance to take on the role when first handed the reins once appointed Peter worked exceptionally hard and always acted in the best interests of the player and the club players and the club it just goes from bad to worse for them, doesn't it? Yep. It's um, it's a pretty sad state of affairs there in Cronulla at the moment, and <clears throat> I um, I hold grave fears for their for their future as a as a franchise in the NRL. There's uh, there's talk of expansion, there's talk of relocation, and um, you know, with their new development, could could certainly pull them out of the out of the fire but it still doesn't account for their lack of on-field performances which is really where your core of your business lies and um peter sharp obviously <laughs> didn't didn't get off on on the best foot by saying that he uh wasn't real keen on the head coaching job and and he you know gallon hasn't helped him and and carney less so so it's it's been a rough ride for him and um i'm not sure that he's the type of god's having any another head coaching role it may be an assistant somewhere or some sort of coordinator I don't know if he wants club. it though I don't know if he wants a head coaching role no well, not by the sound of you know maybe just didn't want the Cronulla head coaching well, role well from, from all reports you know Sharpie's a top bloke but no one's ever accused him of being a top coach no nah, 
Certainly not. And his results would, would indicate that. I mean, he seems to get very, very far on the fact that he must be like a great guy, mm. you know, and well-liked You know what, Nathan? I'm a good guy too. Yep. But I'm not going to coach Cronulla. What a coach's asshole. Oh, hang on a sec. Let's have a talk. Oh, is that what you're saying? Talk to you on the sevens. I was going to talk to the kids and see what they think. Oh, he brings his fucking, he brings his the bananas and solo. <laughs> and lollies. All right. Next. Oh, we've got to get we've got to get through the black eye on the fucking game shit. But anyway, Blake Ferguson. This is a positive. I see this is a real positive. The NRL has rejected an application from the Sydney Roosters to register a playing contract for Blake Ferguson for the remainder of this season. Ferguson has been without a club since being sacked by Canberra at the end of last year. He was added to the Roosters payroll last month in a non-playing community relations position. A 24-year-old who was recovering from ankle surgery had hoped to run out for the NRL premiers this year. However, NRL Chief Operating Officer Jim Doyle said the decision to reject the contract was based on an assessment of Ferguson's record of conduct over the last two years. He also said Ferguson had given an undertaking that he would undergo a program of clinical support and counselling before the NRL would consider registering him and this is not yet complete. Doyle said the NRL would consider any future application for Ferguson to return but he warned that a relevant factor in the decision would be whether he's engaged in and completed an appropriate clinical support and counselling program. Last Thursday Ferguson was banned from pubs, clubs and bottle shops at his appeal hearing over an indecent assault charge in Sydney. The judge upheld his guilt over a 2013 indecent assault charge and I hate this, but set aside his conviction on the proviso he stay away from alcohol outlets and seek counselling for alcohol abuse. So. Again, it's ignorance. Um, He should have really accepted his penalty and and be done with it. But no, the the Roosters are really, you know, he he could have made his way back into the NRL with a year or so off um, doing the, you know, the ambassador role or whatever the fuck that they were trying to employ him into. I think it's Max of a little bit of, um, you know, trying to exercise a bit of a loophole from the Roosters' perspective. I'm not sure why they need him, um, you know, and how Blake Ferguson fits the culture of any uh, rugby league club looking to be at the top of their game is, is beyond me. Um, there's there's more to, uh, as we sort of alluded to earlier, there's more to life than a just a God-given ability to, to play rugby league. Um, you know, the, the guy is... I mean, you can sugarcoat it all you like. At the end of the day, he's been found guilty of sexual assault. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, sexual assault isn't just rape at the end of the day. No. Um, Picking someone up like a bowling ball when they're not interested in that. Constitutes sexual assault. Uh-huh. Um, and... You know why? Why is it even op- even an option for him to be to be possibly considered to play in the NRL? I think he, should, you know, put a fucking line through his name. At the end of the day, people that sexual assault other people in the real world that isn't the NRL, yeah. then yeah, they do have their livelihoods taken away, and yeah, they are put on a fucking, uh, you know, can be put on a register, or if they go to jail, and you know, good luck coming out of there and finding a, a high paying job and. You know, and trying to make the best of life once you've done and committed the yeah. crime, or and even done your time. So, I just you know the 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 Blake Fergusons and the Robert Louis of the world. Um, you know, I, I guess it's probably a little bit ironic to see that Todd Carney is the guy that gets you know has the line officially put through his name when people are still game you know gamefully employing Robert Louis in an NRL side and Blake Ferguson's being considered to return so yeah so the thing the thing with Louis I mean yeah he got sacked for you know eventually 
eventually he got sacked on his second offence. Yeah, though. and that, and and when and when he got and when he got and when he got and when he did get finally sacked, the NRL imposed like a twelve month ban upon him. But the However, thing is, he should never have come back. When he came back, I don't remember there being any rigmarole about would they or wouldn't they register his contract or anything like that. It was just basically the Cowboys signed him. They dealt with the, you know, they 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 wore the twelve months, and then the twelve months expired, and boom, back in the action. Yeah, and in their mind, he, you know, he did the time. Yeah, which is just fucking, which is ridiculous. You know, it's just. I think I saw an article or or a, a tweet about, um, the actual image of the NRL, and I think if you look at some of these decisions, it, they're inconsistent. Um, I think we haven't taken a hard enough stance in the past, and uh, it has had a detrimental effect on the on the image of the game. And when you look at you know what goes on on, on the weekends with referees and um, you know play the way players address referees and different things that happen in every game, then you know there's a, there's a lot for the NRL to work on, and I, th- I think you could do worse than you know making an example of Blake Ferguson to, to you know to get the ball rolling <laughs> yeah yep to improve your image yep still on legal shit Renny Matua <laughs> and I'd forgotten I'd totally forgotten about this case but um, Canterbury back row Renny Matua was so drunk on the night he abused a taxi driver that he tried to make a phone call from an FPOS machine <laughs> that caught her on Monday <laughs> that has got to be one of the best opening paragraphs I mean I read that and I was like I'm oh, fucking in Give me the rest of this. He was found guilty of intimidating driver Abdul Hamid Ben Saidi, but magistrate Mark Buscombe decided not to record a conviction for his drunken outburst after a boozy night out in Kings Cross last year. I bet we, if we had done these things, yeah, we'd have a conviction recorded. Oh, fucking absolutely. He was placed on an 18-month good behaviour bond after a drunken trip in the early hours of November 25th. On Monday, Downing Centre local court heard the Bulldogs player had been plagued by injury, dumped from Parramatta, and left by a long-term partner in the lead-up to the ride where he pushed Ben Saidi. He also kicked and punched the doors and windows of the taxi. The 32-year-old tried to have the common assault charge dealt with under mental health legislation and argued he was suffering from depression at the time. His barrister, Marungan Thangaraj SC, told the court his client had tried to commit suicide three months earlier, but Buscombe said he did not believe the player was a mentally ill person, but someone who had been extremely intoxicated and should have known better. He was significantly intoxicated, so intoxicated that he believed an FPOS machine was a telephone. After his failed <laughs> attempt to have his matter dealt with under Section 32 of the Mental Health Act, the prosecution withdrew the common assault charge. Matua pleaded guilty to one count of intimidation after allegedly yelling to the driver, you'll take me wherever the fuck I want to go, and I'm going to kill all the POMs. And like the the driver doesn't sound British. It does. Yeah, obviously British. Descent. Look, I'm not I'm not one to generalise. Yeah. I'm not one to stereotype. But uh, Armini Abdul Al Saiwi. <laughs> I'm I'm guessing he doesn't speak with a Cockney accent. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so Matua said, uh, "Well, this is at the time of the incident." He so said. he really was drunk. Yeah, so he said, I want to thank the courts. I got a fair hearing today. Glad I didn't get any conviction recorded against my name. I just want to continue to get better and finish off the year with Canterbury. At the time, he said, I was deeply apologetic to the gentlemen involved, Canterbury, the fans, my family, and the game in general. I have no excuses for my poor behaviour and will accept any punishment handed to me from the powers to be. I was charged with common assault for pushing the gentleman's arm. By no means is that acceptable, but I certainly didn't strike anyone. Again, I'm truly sorry to everyone I've let down. So, 
A lot he's, during the tour. His, I, I his issues have been well documented as well. Like, sure, and yeah. I think he's he's actually has shown some sort of sense of, of retribution and, and wanting to right his wrongs, etc. Yeah. Um, but you know what? You 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 know whatever you know whatever happened. I mean, it was an assault. You assault a taxi driver. Your conviction's fucking getting recorded. Absolutely. And just because and just because you public is public knowledge that you were going to kill yourself. Well, anyone can dust off that old chestnut. Yeah, I mean, like you know, I feel I feel for Matura. I mean, that was some powerful stuff, you know, at the time with sure. Tonga and everything like that. But you can't just lean on that as an excuse. I mean, what is this taxi driver? I mean, the shit that those guys have to fucking encounter on a daily basis as part of their job, and just probably the general feeling of fucking distress. And you know, I wouldn't go so far as terror, but the apprehension that the next guy gets in could fucking smash you or yeah. you know, stab you or worse. You know, that's that, and that's that guy's day-to-day job. And you know what? His day-to-day job is not made any easier by fucking idiots blind off their nut fucking, you know, pushing or hitting him you or know, whatever. Professional you know. athletes, no less. Exactly. I am... Um, like big muscular, muscular Polynesians, you know, they have like different reactions to different people. And this guy, it's going to be fucking terror now, whereas you, it's usually like supreme sexual arousal. But... I'll be like, well, but you're not, Brenny, if you're going to push something, you're not I'll give you something to push. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a power bottom, Renny. Um, now... <laughs> Some would say I was a bear. <laughs> so, where were we going? How, do we, how do we always get here? <sighs> so yeah, that's so that that's that's my view. I think oh, it, was, it was great of him to say like oh, I had a fair hearing because he got he he got yep. essentially his way. Uh, and at the time he's like I'll accept any punishment, but you know trying to do an end run around the mental health act and things like that that's not exactly putting I, yourself I up there. That's, you know that was a take. Oh, that's lawyer tactic. Team. Yeah, that's lawyer tactic. Um, it, like you say, it was some pretty powerful stuff given what he's you know he's gone through and. Um, you know, certainly don't condone his behaviour, and I just, you know, he's the type of guy that, given his experiences um, on and off the field, um, you know, I hope he he channels this sort of bullshit into, uh, you know, silly things like, you know, like this. Yeah. I hope he channels that and and can help some of the younger, uh, especially Polynesian guys coming through the Bulldogs, and um, even you know within the NRL, he could you know share his experiences and. And, uh, you know, hopefully we don't have other players going down a similar path. And finally, in the, what it feels but like... But seriously, a, how the fuck do you mistake an FPOS machine for a, for a phone? Well, it's got, it's got the buttons. Maxwell like, Smart got, wouldn't even do that. But it's got, it's got the buttons, the, you know, it's like, it's, it's, not a, it's not a world away from, like, the first car phones. You remember those? Yeah. Like, it's... <laughs> I remember old man, house brick. Yeah, yeah, I remember old man like like a like a, a fair lane or you know something like that. You know one of those fucking like an LTD or something. Like, yeah, had like, like the car phone thing was like you know fucking gigantic. <laughs> and so you know if you you know you were drunk but you were raised in that era and you remember the you remember but the car. But Rennie wasn't, was he? Probably, probably not. I'm Jeez. just I'm just trying to I'm just trying to think of a scenario where an FPOS machine could possibly look like a fucking phone to somebody. I just found it interesting that, you know, he picked up the phone and pushed all sorts of buttons yeah. and got a receipt for being a drunken fuckhead. Origin, Origin 3, obviously it's a dead rubber, you know. No one really cares because one in a row is one in a row no matter what. But the sides have been named 
And you know, New South Wales, I'd, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see a whitewash. We don't get too many whitewashes, and this year did a fantastic year. I mean, the side seem motivated to do it. You know, they're all talking about the importance of it from the New South Wales perspective. But Queensland, you know, stung bad, bad. I mean, they're not going to want to lose this game at home at all. The Blues team, though, Jared Hayne, of course. Well, let's go through the, the, the unsurprising inclusions. Jared Hayne, of course, he's there. Josh Dugan, he returns. Josh Morris returns. That seems that seems really early. Uh, Daniel Tupo, Josh Reynolds, Trent Hodkinson, Paul Gallen, Robbie Farah, Aaron Woods, Bo Scott, Ryan Hoffman, Greg Bird. Interchange, Trent Merrin, Boyd Cordner, James Tamau, and Luke Lewis. Boyd Cordner comes in for the suspended Anthony Watmo. And now I've left one name out there, and it's the wing. The wing replacing the injured William Hopawade, who replaced the injured um, Brett Morris. Brett Morris, James McManus. The best that could be said for the selection of James McManus, James McManus was uh, while he's been there. That's it. It hasn't been overly successful. That's all he's got over the likes of Mansour and uh, and George Tafua and Pat Richards. And Pat Richards, I think Pat Richards would almost be a better selection than than the other two simply because of things he offers outside of just being a winger on the, on the end of a back line. Sure. You know what I mean? Kicking. And- I mean, he's not the guy, I mean, he's, he, he's not the guy that, he, is he going to do blockbusting returns like Tafua? No, no, he's not. But, you know, you got he's got the kicking, um, you know, he's got the field goal in, in a tight game. He's another option there, another target. Plus, he's a solid, you know, he's a solid fucking player in the first place. Absolutely. Uh, who would, who, you know, who's very, very experienced player and played in a, a lot of high pressure situations. You know, big games over in England. Yeah, you know, he, he would, he would do the job. And I'm sure, I'm sure that Mansour, uh, it's, you know, watching that game against the Warriors you know, under pressure. Yeah, you know, he's got some uh, stuff in him, and, and Tafu is the same. I mean, sometimes he's got some shit in his game as well. You know, Mans- Mansour is going to be around for. You know the next five series. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that easily. There's any real benefit in a dead rubber, with all due respect. Yeah, to Queensland, it's a dead rubber. I don't know why you wouldn't be using a game like this to to blood a youngster. To, yeah, to, you know, Mansell's form warrants it. Once being picked, you're not just, uh, he's not essentially a bolter. If he Nathan merits it, it doesn't matter. The series, yeah, is up. exactly right. And um, you know. Give him a give him a taste of the the intensity and the speed of of Origin football, and you know if his form continues the way it is, then maybe he forces his way into sight next year. Now we won't know because they've given it to a guy that um, has, has been there and and should never have probably been there in the first place. Remember, he got in the first time on the back of scoring like four tries in a game, and yeah. I can't remember who he's playing against, but it was a fucking it's probably the Tigers. It was someone like the Titans. Maybe it was the Titans. And it might have been against, like, you know, yeah, some spastic, like, Peru or something, or, or Steve Michaels. Yeah, he's like, hey, yeah, we're able to score that many tries against that player. You know, you, don't, you want to look Your less... Your origin material. You want to look less at the amount of tries you scored and more about how they were scored and, and, and through whom. Exactly. So, look, I, you know, I have no confidence in McManus, but the rest of the side is solid. They've done McManus the job. McManus is a solid player. I just... Yeah. You know, when you look at... Mansour or Richards, you know, there's they should be jumping off the table to be selected. Not uh, yep. you shouldn't be having to throw in a an old head like McManus. Yep, yep, exactly. Now for Queensland's part, Cooper Cronk has been named to make his return from a broken arm, and Corey Parker returns from a facial injury as uh, the, the Maroons bolster their bolster their squad for Game Three. 
Kronk broke his arm in game one and hasn't played since, but he's been named as a starting side uh, for Queensland. And uh, they're trying to avoid a clean sweep, of course. He's apparently, he says to the, to the medical staff that he will be fit to return for the Origin game. So the the squad as it stands at the moment, or the side as it stands at the moment, is Billy Slater, of course, at fullback. Fluffy, Darius Boyd, Justin Hodges, Greg Inglis. Will Chambers comes into the wing position vacated by Tate. Jonathan Thurston, Cooper Cronk in the halves. Jacob Lilliman, Cameron Smith, Nate Miles, Sam Thiday, Aiden Guerra, Corey Parker, and the interchange players, Ben Teo, Matt Gillett, Dale Cherry Evans, and Dave Taylor. And so they've got the loss of uh, Scott there as well. He's not going to be back in time, clearly. They announced the squad today at uh, Graceville, where uh, Jackson was actually taking part in a Junior Maroons coaching holiday school holiday coaching clinic. And uh, the players have all rocked up and they've done the announcement and the kids are all lined up for their uh, for their little merchandise packs. And then next thing comes out over the speaker that um, and to make up the fact that Cameron Smith wasn't there, given that he, he would he played down in Wollongong, I think last uh, on the Monday night, um, he wasn't going to be able to make it. So. Uh, to say sorry to all the kids because the captain wasn't going to be there. They gave him every kid two free tickets to the to game three, which I thought was pretty good initiative. He'll help fill out the stadium too. Yeah. And I've actually got the offer out there. If there's any Queensland supporters who hold tickets for this game, and uh, you know, give it, you know, because of the result of the series and everything, if they don't, you know, they don't want to go, I'll take the tickets off your hand. Um, I'll, I'll gladly, I'm, I'm happy to make an offer. My offer's free. Um, I'll take the tickets off your hand. So you don't have to go and watch the Blues lift the shield, and so yeah, hit me That's up. That's such bullshit. Um, but yeah, I, I think the inclusion of Kronk will, will work wonders for Queensland, and um, pretty strong New South Wales side though. Pretty much With, the same, really. Yeah, yeah I mean they've lost some, of McManus, obviously. Yeah, they yeah, lost lost the wing position, but they they you know bring back one of the heroes, one of the necklaces. Has come back after the, the heroic season-defining act, actions, career, uh, you know, career, their career-defining, and the and the the Origin series-defining, you know, heroic actions of uh, Game One, where he played with, you know, I think he pretty pretty much broke his spine in several places, <laughs> severed his spinal cord, just the fucking just the desire. You can see the desire. <laughs> You got anything else to say? No, no, I definitely don't. <laughs> so yeah, they're the squads. We'll look at them more obviously next week before we get up to the game. But uh, you know, both sides looking pretty good, and hopefully, both sides are equally up for the game as they you know as if it were a live series. I suspect it would be, um, and for for the reasons you mentioned earlier, New South Wales has been so long uh, since they won a series. I think they'll be looking to to really put an exclamation point on things whereas Queensland will be will be fairly hurt by that game two result and, and want to f- close the series out with a with a bang. Yeah, game one and game two were both defined by periods of defence from New South Wales that were just fucking extraordinary in the face of, you know, mountainous possession and the stakes at high, you know, protecting such such you know, minute leads. And I just wonder if you get in the same situation. It's twelve ten with five minutes to go. Shane Haynes starts blowing a thousand penalties and giving every 50-50 call to Queensland. They're expecting the last five minutes of the game. Well, you won't have to worry about that because Shane Haynes has been dropped for game three. So. Oh, okay. That's fucking fantastic. But, you know, referee, so referee, whoever it is, camps Queensland 40 metres out for the last seven minutes of the game. Do you think the desire when in the back of your head 
you got the little voices saying, you know, like, it doesn't matter. You fucking won anyway. <laughs> Series is over, son. doesn't matter. Nah, I, I What do you think, think so. that they fucking, they're, they, they're like, they're so intent on the whitewash. The whitewash is as powerful as the Series. I, I think if you look at their reaction from game two, I think they, they will be fired up to try and, uh, like I said, put an exclamation point on things. Recaps and the first game game of the round Friday night football and I always say game of the round when I'm mentioning manly game but this time it's true and probably last time and you know the last you know three or four between these two sides the mighty manly Warringah Sea Eagles 24 defeated the Sydney Roosters 16 at Brookie massive crowd at Brookie as well so uh, good promotion by you know whoever and uh, the fans out in droves over 17,000 in attendance which is almost a full house at the Brookie in the current configuration and the Sea Eagles 24 points came from a double to Pedahiku. George Tafua also and Brett Stewart with tries. Jamie Lyon, three from four conversions and a penalty goal. Defeating the Roosters, 16 points came from tries to Sean Kenny Dow, Boyd Coordinate, Mitchell Pierce, and James Maloney, two from three. Yeah, I think the, the Roosters were a bit off their best. Um, despite the quality of this contest, I think you know both teams were definitely up uh, for the physical aspect of, of play I just I think the Roosters were probably down a, a notch or two um, and even Manly uh, had some improvement in them which is pretty scary given their current form so um, cracking game you know two yeah. teams that are you know looking increasingly likely uh, to be making up half the top four and and rightfully so they've you know proven that Roosters are defending champs um, mainly runners up, and 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 this season they seem to be uh, timing their runs perfectly to make another assault on the finals. Uh, for mainly, I, I just was pretty impressed with Brett Stewart. Um, Best you know, game he's had in ages, I reckon. Yeah, he's he, he's he gets his share of accolades. Don't get me wrong, but I just it just looks like he's he's almost back to that full absolute pace that he. Yeah. He just. I just noticed when he he found a little bit of space, or he was just got on the outside uh, of his man, and within a stride or you know a couple of strides, he's through. Yep. And it just his acceleration. Or I haven't seen that for for a few years from him. He looks like um, you know he, you know one hundred percent confidence in like yeah. his hamstrings again. Yeah. His knees. That's what. And, and maybe that's you know yeah. it's been a gradual thing as in you know, the re- residual effect of of you know, having those sorts of knee injuries is that your hammies um, are notorious for uh, for being problematic. And, you know, last season, the season before, he's, he's, Earlier this he's season made a habit of, of being named and, and, you know, on extended benches or named and uh, and pulled out, you know, on game day. So, um, you know, there was, a, there was probably, you know, three or four times where... Um, what you know, without making a huge play, just seemed to have that that absolute blistering acceleration back that well, I just haven't seen from him for a couple of years. But there's like a maturity as well now, like from the time when he didn't have his pace or he wasn't as confident in his hamstrings or knees, where he developed this you know playmaking ability as well. Sure. And now he's combining that, and he's got the speed, and he's just fucking lethal now. Well, you know that better ex- than he ever has ever been. That speed, um, you know. To get on the on the outside of your man, but having that 
you know, that fine-tuned ball-playing ability now just makes him much more of a complete player, and it, it shows in how important he is to the side. And that try that that foreign laid on oh. with that set play, you know, ten meters out, you know, five meters out. Fucking watching that real time. <laughs> You know, the first time it happened, you're not expecting it. He's just blurred through there, and it was like the fastest 10 meters I've seen a player cover in a long time. And it was just, there's fucking nothing that could be done about it. That was an undefendable play. Unbelievable. And uh, it's great to see, you know, obviously, too, he's got some tricks up his <laughs> up his sleeve as well, you know, with the side from, you know, not far out. Um, great game for Hiku. I think they really exploited out on that side, though. I mean, who was, who was it that was out there defending? Uh, against against Hiku out out wide on the on the Roosters left on on the Manly right. Tupo, wouldn't it? Either Tupo or Tuivasa. Th- yes, it must. It, it, Tupo's like, generally on the left, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I was thinking it was Tupo. It was was it Tupo? So it definitely was Tupo out there because there was just some horrible fucking defensive decisions made to allow Hiku to go over. I mean, he scored so easily that he crossed the line and he almost brought it under the sticks both times. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, but you know, great work, and it means that obviously you know that understanding is coming together between uh, between Lyon and Hiku, and and also you know um, guys like Tom Simons are looking you know better than they've than they have you know they're actually chiming in and really picking up the slack that the that the long term loss of someone like Glenn Stewart kind of hobbled the right hand attack for a while which was our probably our go-to side but now it's starting you know Cherry Evans is you know, they're, they're starting to make do with what they've got and it's starting to come together and these guys are getting an understanding and uh, you know the points are starting to flow which is great and Tafur I mean his try was you know one of those tries it wasn't 100% on but once again it was just you know reaction time and the put down, you know, he just took the ball, you know, on his chest, and then put a put it down to the ground level, almost in the same motion before defenders could come over and think about, you know, barreling him over the sideline, or whatever. So, uh, yeah, great game. Was very happy with the result. The other thing is, Roosters forwards were making fucking ground at will. Through, I mean, I, I, I at the time I felt when I was watching, I was like, well, fucking our forwards are, you know, they're on the back foot so badly. It's amazing that we're still in this game. It's so it's a, it's a credit to the guys to to the forwards that they actually they probably weren't on the back foot as much as I thought and had more held their position and held the line enough to stop things while concede you know while it seemed like they were conceding some big plays at times um, but you know no name guys in our forward pack you know two massive outs in Glenn Stewart and Watmo and so the other guys uh you know did a great job I think the Roosters you know if if these two teams meet in the semi-finals or, you know, ultimately the grand final. I think the Roosters will probably have to find a way to, to deal with Brett Stewart better than what they did on Friday night. Yeah. It just creates so many options for them if, if he's, you know, starting to half-bust through from, from kickoffs or uh, kicks in general play. Yeah. Um, you know, they were going up with a fairly straight line and he was still poking his nose through or, yep. or you know, one time he went right through altogether. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's they're going to have to find a way to handle him or, or, you know, the result could be from last year could be reversed. And Manly have to realise that Brad Stewart's back and, you know, in the terms of line breaking and speed and fucking support the guy. Because yeah. <laughs> there's times when he'd get away. And they just they, they just weren't ready for it. They, you know, there's no support that they you know, they could use. So, uh, you know, unfortunate. But uh, you know, like there's a lot of improvement in the side, and I'm I'm uh, very very happy with that at the moment. And out of line now on top of the up on top of the ladder after Penrith's loss. Okay, uh, Twitter. 
Brendan underscore Kelly. Manly, the only team I don't I don't mind being beaten by. See you in September. DeLorean Gray. Minicello looks ready to retire slash go to Newcastle slash Salford slash be shot tonight. Hash, wow. look at the flowers. So that's obviously a great listener of the show. I don't recall too many tweets from uh, DeLorean Gray, but clearly <laughs> DeLorean Gray is uh, well up on the show. At Shithead Listener. It's hard to see Manly losing a game that counts. Cunts. <laughs> Ryan Finesse. And that's funny. That's the kind of... That's the, 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 the general vibe I've been getting on Twitter like lately with Manly as well. Because it used to be the thing, the thing that I've had to grow up with is, oh, you know, the stealing players, buying competitions, that sort of thing. But now, finally, it's slowly turning around to just being like, yeah. You're good. They're too good. They like it. They're, yeah, they're too good, the cunts. <laughs> um, Ryan Finance, awesome game of footy, that. Both teams are a massive chance at winning the comp and may well meet again in the grand final. Bay Bay BNC. The only problem with beating the Roosters is they don't have any fans to show up to give it to. Hash myth fans, hash glorious win. <laughs> um, that promotion they ran at Brookvale too with the flags, flags it looked yeah, spectacular awesome. around the hill. Yeah, and you know I can't imagine people turning up just to get a flag because there's like five thousand of them or whatever. But the way that they ran the entire promotion for that game and the fill the hill and all those things they're doing now, they're really starting to pay off because it, other manly fans or anything like you, they'd fucking rock up to get something for free. <laughs> Also on Friday night, Broncos, well, sorry, Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 24 defeat the Broncos 22. Suncorp, did you go to this one? No. Nicklin was sick and uh, yeah. it all sort of happened late. Mate, Friday you don't have to make any excuses because you are not the fan of these shit teams. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like to get my money, my value out of my Yeah, ticket. I sure too. Uh, the Sharkies 24 tries to Jacob Gagan, Paul Gallon, Todd Carney, and Sosia Fecky. And Michael Gordon, four from four, including some from out wide. Risen Broncos, 22, came from tries to Daniel Vito, Alex Glenn, and a double to Haller. Ben Hunt, three from four. And this game, unbelievable. Now, I had this game on my TV whilst I was streaming the Manly game, and obviously 99% of my attention was on the Manly game, um, doing like live tweets and everything like that at the time. But seeing this game, you look, oh, oh yeah, Broncos scored a try. Oh, Broncos scored another try. Oh, fucking 16 nil. Here we go. The Sharkies get pumped. But the comeback, I believe it was, was it 43rd or 47th minute of the game? So just into the second half when the Sharkies finally got their first points in a month. And uh, it was a good one too. Uh, the kick to Gagan. Yep. A lot of space, you know, onside. A lot of pace to get down there, take it, put it down about, you know, a foot inside the dead ball line. It was a good try. And you thought, okay, great. They got their consolation. Wonderful. They've broken the streak of nils. Now we but can then, stop fucking talking about it. But then, God, it's all the fucking commentators and people on Twitter were carrying on about. It. Oh, it was it was it was nuts. But you know they des- they deserved it. I mean, it was historically bad. It was, it was a historically bad run. But then they scored another try. We're like, oh, that's nice, dear. And then they scored another one. We're like, well, fuck me, they're actually in this game a little bit. And they were actually having the better run. The forwards, you know, they were making the ground. I mean, they seemed to be getting down to the point where they could at least muster up an attacking kick at the end of their set like a bomb. And as they started forcing some repeat sets as well. Mm-hmm. Um, despite that, they got to the lead 24-22. And then the Broncos, this was probably, what, 10 minutes to go? 13 minutes? It was, fa- it was fairly, you know, there was plenty of time before the end of the game when they actually went ahead. The Broncos... You know, started doing some great things. Ben Hunt lifted, started, you know, he did that great, uh, caught a guy in goal off his kick. Yep. And at the end, they had the run where the kick where it was regathered, came to Josh Hoffman, 
Broncos down the left-hand side with, I think, off the top of my head, it was probably a three-on-one overlap. All it required was a draw and pass from Josh Hoffman to Reed, and then maybe he may have had to pass it to his winger, or you know he might have been able to get through. They're probably thirty metres out of the stage. He's physically incapable of doing. Josh Hoffman said to never pass the ball. That's the thing about Josh Hoffman with the Broncos fans. Oh, he's in the halves. He never passed the ball. He's fucking shit. Look, I agree with everything you said, but he passed the ball on this occasion. Went probably three metres behind the guy he was passing it to, straight over the sideline. <laughs> Benji Marshall special. And now we know why he doesn't pass the ball. That's actually a good thing, Broncos fans. Don't fucking... But I've never Don't seen such a, a bombed opportunity to win a game that they should have that they should have won, you know. Well, let's face it. to show he's not a 5'8", so um, I don't think that that's a, a surprise for anyone. Yep. Um, I think Ben Hunt's had a bit of a crossroads um, in his career. With, uh, you know, I, I don't think they'll, they'll get Cherry Evans, but where there's smoke, there's fire. And yeah. I would imagine that there's been some fairly um, fairly keen proposals put to him by the Broncos. Um, I've always and, been in the position that they're not going to get they're not gonna get him because, you know, I hear things. Yeah, I, I, look, I understand that. But that, that all said and done, I think the Broncos probably would have tried to chase him fairly hard. Um, you know, when you're a half, the starting halfback is the first, uh, you know, serious starting position gig you've been given. Such was the case with Ben Hunt this season at the Broncos. Um, you know, to hear things in the media like that they're chasing another halfback, I, I think that's has been a bit of a catalyst for his form spike in the last couple of months. But one serious thing that he's, he's missing in his game at the moment is the ability to close out those close games. I thought you were going to say like a 5 eighth. <laughs> uh, no, he's just, you know, look at some of the, some of the games the Broncos have lost. They've, you know, they have yeah. led until late and then they've yep. still been knocked off. So, you know, his kicking game was, was much blind earlier in the season and, he, and he's made some, you know, really evident improvements there. But, you know, as a halfback in a club like that, you've, you really do have to lead um, and steer the ship around. And he's, he's not getting it. He doesn't get a great deal of help um, from his other halves partner. And I think Ben Barber's still pretty much out of sorts. He's fucking hopeless. Yeah, he... I mean, let's be, let's be real. I mean, there's, there's, there's out of sorts. But, you know, when players are out of sorts, it's not like a season. And even when they, like, they want to go, oh, Ben Barber's back... It's because he fucking caught on the end of a backline movement that resulted in a try that he scored, or when he palms off fucking, you know, Sam Tompkins. Yeah. Look, things that aren't spectacular. What I'm, what I'm saying is things that he's ben done Barber best season aren't spectacular. We've seen the best of Ben Barber, and it's bloody impressive, but we're yet to see it in a Broncos jersey. Um, and I just wonder at what point the... I, I may have brought this up recently, but at some point management is going to start asking some questions. He hasn't been performing to a level that we'd expect from Ben Barber. Certainly not Ben Barber, the 2012 Dalian medalist. That's what I mean. It's Ben Barber. He's come up on two years now, you know, of of not playing well. Yeah. Um, I saw one particular guy on on Facebook and and a few other little murmurings on Twitter about refs' fault for this game. But say what you want about the refs, but if you're 22 nil up against a team that hasn't won a game in in five weeks and hasn't scored, hasn't a, point scored three. a point in three weeks. Three and a half because, yeah, I mean, yeah, the first there's, half of this there's game. There's really no valid excuse 
to give up 24 unanswered points and lose a game. I, I don't care what is happening in that truck, but there's no way that should happen. And um, I think that was probably the most disappointing thing for me. Yep, yep, no, I agree. And I mean, there were a couple of, of weird... I mean, I don't think the rest fault was as bad as they're making out, but there were a couple of decisions I was like, oh, that's a bit... You know, I'd be outraged if that happened to me. <laughs> but I don't think it was as bad. It certainly... It wasn't actually in the scoring of points. It yep. was little things in the lead-up. You know, they still had to run a whole set of six, and you know, the Broncos still had to miss the tackles. It wasn't like there were any bullshit decisions made on whether tries were scored or not, you know, any controversy of that nature. Okay, Twitter, where are we? Garbs, 1985. Is Jake Granville the paddle pop lion? <laughs> Could be. Tiger underscore Benji. I don't know what's better on Twitter. The collective what the fuck from New South Wales people checking the score or the implosion from Donkeys fans. <laughs> it's the implosion from Donkeys fans. I actually laughed when the when uh, the Sharkies scored that last try to go ahead. I, I got a genuine laugh and I got a genuine laugh out of that Hoffman pass at the end too because I just didn't believe at any any point in my life I did not believe the Sharks had a fucking chance in hell of winning that game no, and certainly not. not at half time now uh, where are we Shane Aaron Elvis possible tribute statues for the Brisbane Broncos Michael Hutchins David Carradine Jimi Hendrix hash choke artists jeez that's a, oh, that's that's got to stick in their neck isn't it like you know to take Down the, the choke take the choke mantle from uh, the Dragons uh, Dragon Punk 12 the Broncos deserve to lose for wearing a Super League inspired jersey word and uh, Anki D what's worse than scoring zero three games in a row getting beaten by that team after being 22 points up Ash Broncos in decline and finally Eddie NZ I'm not even angry I'm just wait yeah I'm actually pretty angry Hook still can't use a bench staggered hooker really he does make some odd selections. I'll give him that. He's got a touch of the geniuses about him. Super coach. West Tigers, 19, defeat the Canberra Raiders, 18, at Campbelltown Stadium. Crowd of just over 9,000. The Tigers, 19, came from a double to Nofaluma. Pat Richards also with a try. Braith and Nasta with a field goal. Not as good as the immortal field goal from back in the day, but I mean... He it'll was, do. It'll, it'll do. And it was kind of ballpark area too you know yeah. part of the field you know left of the post and back pretty deep uh, Pat Richards two from three conversions and a penalty goal and the Raiders 18 double to Branko Lee Jared Croker with a try as well three from three conversions but crucially critically a missed penalty goal at which point Ro- Robbie uh, ran up and asked him just how fucking useless he really was and, and he um, responded in turn and he had tears in his eyes as usual before kickoff, I mean, and for the whole game, <laughs> and after and during that kick. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty gutsy win by the Tigers. I, I don't know that they're brave. They're brave, Glenn. So they brave. were very brave. So so, so, so brave. Very brave. So brave. They played most of the game with just two players on the bench, and and you know a large chunk of it at that with one player on the bench. So, um, very very good performance. But um, as far as you know. They're uh, you know showing that that grit and uh, the the guts to to sneak out a win when you know there was an injury to Tedesco in the first tackle of the game. Uh, they lost Jesse Sue to a fractured shoulder. Uh, he played most of the second half with that injury, and um, yeah, I was very impressed with their commitment to the cause. But they still do need to improve greatly to to be able to put sides like Canberra away. Um, with a bit of comfort, because I, I don't think Canberra should, uh, uh, 
as close to the Tigers at the moment as, as one point would indicate, as a one-point victory would indicate. Uh, that was probably Braithen Astor's best game for the club. It's nice to see him win us a game with a line-dry field goal, but that's only part of what he's doing. But you can see him getting more and more actively in, involved in in the um, in the play. So he's... Uh, you know, his, his steadying hand for Luke Brooks is one thing, but he, he's also contributing to the team as well, which is which is good to see. Um, just lastly, on, on Croker's shot for goal, this was, this was a hand of bruiser again, and hand of bruiser inside of tears of Croker. He, um, he's, he's mentally fragile, that kid, and the Tigers exploited it to their advantage and, and got the victory. Um, you know the the Raiders had Tigers didn't have a great deal of ball. They they completed almost perfectly in the first half, but uh, second half they were starved of possession for for large parts. But they still managed to um, you know, like I said, just grind out and, and a, a gutsy, gritty win. And uh, they they're really going to have to uh, start getting their attack. Sorted out. I think they can. They're definitely capable of scoring more points. Austin was good in replacing Tedesco, so I was pretty happy in the end. But we need to address that, you know, of course, that uh, Tedesco, to damp on, to dead, sco. Yeah, to dead sco. <laughs> yeah, he's gone from hot sauce to ice magic to hot sauce again, and now I don't know what you call him. Yeah, I mean contact injury, broken patella. It's if it was, I'd be a lot more concerned if it was another ligament injury. To be quite honest, it was—it's just one of those things. It's—it's it's really ordinary luck for him, and um, yeah, I—I I saw, I saw reported that you know it could be a ten-week injury, which is the season really at this stage. I saw ten week, and but then I saw they someone else exclaiming six, six weeks. Uh, sorry, six months. Yeah, I saw someone exclaiming like in in shock on Twitter, like twenty-four weeks. Yeah, that was what was that on last night. I, th- I think I saw it this morning or today sometime. Yeah, I, I think I saw it on one of the shows last night. And I thought, wow, that's yeah, that's a significant hit to it's the nuts, entire to it? the entire club, really. To the oh, absolutely. Side. He, um, you know, and for it to come against Canberra with the the you know recent history between him and them and and all the rest of it, I, it's it's fucking shit luck. But I'm sure plenty of people were calling karma. Yeah, it could be karma. Canberra, Canberra uh, fans would no doubt be calling it karma. Oh, they probably would, but, but they you know the, good, the, the thing about. is, you know, we found with you know, Manly, you know, struggled without Brett Stewart for years, and uh, they've only really put a uh, put a solution to it, you know, late last year and this year in uh, Peter Hiku, and uh, thankfully for the Tigers, the brave Tigers, so 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 brave, so but brave, they're, they're, they're so so brave, they really but are brave. They are the bravest of the brave, bravey, bravers I've ever braved. That ever braved. Now, but. Thankfully, they have a ready-made solution almost waiting in the wings to replace Tedesco. In uh, Tedesco Mark 1, Timmy Molson is the name. <laughs> so sleep easy, Tigers fans, because the future looks so brave. <laughs> at, <laughs> at White Pie. Hot Sauce is a great player. It's just a shame his legs are made of Tim Tams and crumble regularly. <laughs> I saw someone else call him Biscuit Legs. I was like, fuck Biscuit hell. Legs. It's fucking appalling. <laughs> That's what... oh, I've man. never heard that before, but fucking no, me... Tim Tam knees and Biscuit Legs. Oh, fuck me, dude. Fucking Biscuit Legs. That fucking, that strikes me funny. Uh, Jar TV. 
I think while Cat's hair was injured, he had his brain swapped with the 13-year-old shithead kid. <laughs> Hammers. I've never witnessed two amputees arm wrestle before, but this is how I imagine it to look. <laughs> what about uh, in that scrum where or probably should have dressed... Robbie was uh, quite adamant that he was eye gouged. Yeah, and wanted to make came a complaint. Out of that, though, did it? Sorry, but nothing's coming. No, out of he that. wanted to make a complaint to the referee. And whilst the referee was sort of, sort of preparing to make a formal for Robbie to make a formal complaint, it come up on the big screen. Yeah, Robbie's had a look at it, realised it was Shillington, who he's roomed with <laughs> on tours, etc. He's gone, ah, oh, that's all good. And Shillington's standing next to him, watching the same replay. Come, mate, I didn't fucking know you were there. Farrah's digging, driving his head into Shillington's head too. Yeah. Um, and he was trying to push him off and, and caught him in the eyes and wasn't even remotely looking at what he was doing. So um, after looking at the bid screen, the referee said, had asked him previous, do you want to make a, a complaint? Robbie said, yes. And he said, okay, do you want to make a complaint? Uh, no. So <laughs> referee to put his tools away. Yes. Uh, Shutter 86, party like it's 2010. And Aston nailing field goals, Croker missing clutch kicks. If the cows lose tonight, detain Robert Louis ASAP. <laughs> and unfortunately, that wasn't to be. Unky D, Glenn's 80 minutes of chanting, I do believe in fairies, has helped his team to a win. Hashtag is in decline. Not quite. And Mickey T, 1985. Well done, Tigers. Extremely brave performance. Braiders, so brave. Just go to Bali now. You're fucked. So brave, though. Brave. Tigers are so brave. They are so... That's so, so, so brave. Bravest, you, braviest braves that ever braved. I mean, you've got... You, you think of guys that take the field of battle, you know, in front of you know, insurmountable odds, and then you think, go on, Nathan. I, I, I like where you're going with this. And then you think, then, then you think of someone who just has to basically play football and maybe suck it up and fucking breathe a few more breaths because they can't get a break on the sideline because of an injury. You know, they're they're a man or two down on the bench. You're, you're not you're not even remotely quite that ignorant for that to be your what, honest opinion. What I'm trying to say is it's less bravery than just you know, fuck. You got to work harder than you ordinarily would have to do. It's brave, Nathan. So brave. Bravery. So, so. Heroes. So brave. Bunch of fucking heroes. Oh, so brave. Said it before. So brave. North Queensland Cowboys 20 defeated the South Sydney Rabbitohs 18, up there at 1,300 teeth. And the Cowboys 20 came from tries two, well, all in the first half two, tries two, a double to Matthew Wright, Tarek Sims, and Antonio Winterstein also with tries. Thurston, one from four. Fucking rare night with him. And a penalty goal, one from one. Rabbitohs 18 came from tries of Chris McQueen, Jason Clark, GI, Adam Reynolds, three from three conversions. 14-0 after 20 minutes. The Cowboys looked well and truly on song and on top of the Bunnies, and I, I would have expected them to go on with it uh, for, for the rest of the game. But unfortunately, South started to peg them back and started to muscle up in the forwards and make some ground and... You know, those big boys are running different angles and, and the Cowboys really struggled to handle them. Um, and as it turns out, they probably turned... Sorry, as it turns out, they probably did do well to, to hold on for 15 minutes with just a two-point lead. But um, I've just got a feeling South were probably a little bit off their game um, and and have not been quite at their best recently. But, um, you know, the really good sides were probably going to run over the Cowboys in that game. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, but you know, the, the the flip side to that is, if Thurston had his had his uh, kicking boots on, then 
you know, the game would have been out of reach of the Rabbitohs in the first place. I mean, it's, yeah, poor goal kicking is what kept them in the game. I mean, it would have been a more comfortable margin to the, to the Cowboys. They played great in that first half, though, but, you know, it's, I think the Rabbitohs just got their shit together the way that they, you know, would ordinarily perform. And they, they got that together in the second half and, uh, you know, the tries came and they just ultimately just ran out of time at the end. Pretty sad indictment for the Cowboys at the South really only came to play for 40 minutes. And just about got them, yeah. And almost got them, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For all the Cowboys' good work, that's that's a pretty telling stat. Yeah. Um, so, on Twitter, not too much Twitter for this game, actually. The Ben Zed. I might refuse to watch next week in protest of that trash by the Rabbitohs. Disgusting. He'll fucking, he'll, he'll knife the fuck out of his own team, too. He does do uh, that. Unky D. A year ago, South's fans claimed merit as the New South Wales Messiah. Now they want his head. South's fans have one brain cell per tooth. Hash, not many. And Merritt is a. Have you have you ever seen a player decline? It's a spectacular so, free so, fall. So far, well, when it, when he was dropped, I thought, okay, there's a there's a personality clash with or or a a need in the team clash with Madge, and he's not, and and he's a new coach that's come into the side, and he's he's not burdened by the history of the club and you know how beloved you know Merritt is you know amongst the fans and you know obviously got the record for the try scored and all that sort of thing and then he's boom he's pretty much straight after that he got that record boom he's dropped yeah and I thought wow that at the time I was thinking well that's wow that's pretty a little, harsh that's a bit harsh you know potentially a bit premature but every opportunity he's been given ample opportunities to, to win his space back through this origin period and he's been fucking hopeless shadow of his former self now I don't know whether he's just been completely destroyed you know mentally by you know the initial dropping where he's just like okay I'm not in the plans so it doesn't matter what I do I'm just going to fucking go through the motions or if he's just declined to be that ratchet but it's fuck it's just strange to see you would think the way to win your squad win, win your spot back permanently is to play some decent footy um and I, you'd you'd hope that it wasn't dropping the bottom lip because because he was dropped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Professional athlete, you've got to uh, take those sort of lumps and, and if you do get an opportunity, grab it with both hands. But um, he's, he's wide of the mark at the moment. New Zealand Warriors 30 defeated the Penrith Panthers 20 at Mount Smart Stadium. This one, the 30 points, came from a double to Conrad Harrell, Sean Johnson, Manu Vadavai and Simon Mannering with tries. Uh, Sean Johnson, five from five conversions. The Panthers 20 came from tries to Jamie Sauer, Josh Mansour, Matt Moylan, and James Sigiaro. Jamie Sauer, two from two conversions. Matt Moylan missed with his only attempt. And uh, Peter Wallace had a crack and missed as well. Conrad Harrell was great again in this game. And he's, he's really striking some devastating form. I'll tell you what I like most about him is that um, whilst he can just run straight and hard, yeah. Um, when he when he's at his best, I think he, he runs with the same sort of intensity, but puts a little bit of footwork into his game. Um, and if you can get someone, you know, on the out of someone, is on the outside of someone, or or, or between two defenders, when you might have uh, run the risk of someone making an arms tackle, then he's fucking unstoppable every day of the week. Oh, the way that he blasted through for that first try with Idris trying to yeah. fucking arm tackle him. Uh, just come on, son. You, you, you've got to fucking get right in front of him and, and get your shoulder um, right up under his ribs every single time because he's, um, or 
I don't care if you like a stick in the spokes of a BMX bike. Just fucking <laughs> <laughs> throw you, throw your body in front of his yeah. th- in front of his quads or something, and just try and bring him down. He's um, you know, since that scandal, to his credit, he's going to say since, down, he's, since he got since he got his dick sucked, he's been yeah. unstoppable. Which just goes to show, it's ladies. Just, I mean, ladies, yeah. treat your man right, because <laughs> you know amazing things can happen. If you go for a mic check, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing thing could happen. Your your man might start running over the top of people. Exactly, and that may be you know useful you, in his life work, <laughs> or it may not. I think Sean Johnson had a pretty good game. He's he's mixing it up nicely, um, and for all of you know Benji's flaws as far as you know creating extra dressing rooms and kicking out in the full and passing it to row ten of the grandstand. Um, he always did have a knack of picking up a loose ball here or being, you know, Johnny on the spot, the right guy in the right place yep. at the right time. Um, and I think that's a trait that Sean Johnson has also. Um, you know, he was there for the intercept here and he's generally in and around, you know, sniffing for a drop ball and it it shows about the the intensity that they play with, and he might not always get it right with some of the plays or or um, the way he gets you know guys moving around in in certain fashion. But um, he certainly has that knack down. He's, whenever there's a ball stray, mm-hmm. he he's always aiming to scoot through and pick it up. Pretty impressive try from a, an intercept for him too, as I mentioned earlier. But I was just. Um, I was thinking about the Panthers. They've been on such a good run. And the consensus I came to, you know, consulting only myself, I think the win... Uh, sorry, I think the loss does the Panthers some good um, to drop that game in a, in a pretty tough, hostile environment. Um, that result really should steal them for... a You know, they've got a pretty tough run home as well. Um, yeah, well, because they, a bunch of the top eight—they've had an exceptionally easy run at sure. the moment. They've been playing teams under them for most the whole season. Yeah, so you know, the next month of footy could make or break them. We saw how quickly the dogs started to slip down the ladder with a couple of losses, and the same will go for Penrith. So they've had one here. They play the Tigers this weekend, and then um, some further, um, further tough opposition over the next you know few weeks. So that you know, by the time we get to the end of end of July. Penrith season could be flying high or well and truly dusted. Yeah. Uh, now, where are we? On to Twitter. Unky D. Panthers tumbling down the ladder faster than Todd Carney fumbling at his belt when thirsty. <laughs> Hash, slam it down fast. Mickey T, 1985. Credit to the Warriors. Played well. Losing Soward killed Penrith. May have gone on with it with him there. Missed his kicking. He came back on, though. Yeah, it was a blistering start for Warriors in this game, though, too. I mean, it was, it was similar to the Cowboys, I suppose, except they managed to go on with it. And there was a time there where the game was, like, probably when that intercept happened with Johnson, when the game was in the balance at that point. Yeah. I mean, it, it was fairly close, yeah. Okay, anyway, moving along, Newcastle Knights 16 defeated the Parramatta Eels 10. Knights 16 came from tries to the Uate Pate, Joey Leilua, and Fluffy. And uh, Jared Mullen, sorry, Kurt Gidley, two from three conversions. The Eels, 10 points, tries to Jared Hayne and Semi Radradra. And Chris Sandow, one of two conversions. I think Parra needs more out of Sandow if they're going to make the eight. They really need someone over and above Jared Hayne firing and playing in career best form. He can't do yep. it all on his own. 
if yep. they're going to you know make any uh, have any success in the finals or, or even indeed make it there in the first place. So um, I think it starts with Chris Sando. If he if he starts doing his job directing the players around the field. Um, the rest of it really stems from there. So big responsibility on his shoulders, but um, pinch it and see what he does with it. Um, and I hope Arthur does give him that responsibility. Now that he's back in the in the top grade, he's, he's really been, um, you know, he's had some some performances that, you you know, you would say of Chris Sando where he's made his name. Yeah. If you know what I mean. But, um, he was wearing a South Jersey at the time. <laughs> probably true. <laughs> um, thought Fluffy had another good game. Fluffy, that fight, well, both fullbacks had almost, you know, spectacular, almost length of the field tries. Yeah. And like Fluffy's was like the best thing I've ever fucking seen him do. Yeah. I, I didn't realize he was quite that quick, actually. I knew he was and fast. And he, he had some work to do up yeah. through the center to get clear. And then when he got clear, put the afterburners on, it was yeah. fucking spectacular. His third. We're heading into round 17 now, and that's his third good game this season. I yeah. think you need more from you. They probably all happened, though, after he, got to, after he started getting paid <laughs> started again, getting though. Started getting paid. So. Um, that's probably what... You can probably justify not paying him if he's played three good games in, in 16 weeks. I'm still not a fan of the guy. He's, you know, he obviously must bring something to the table in that club because, you know, when he scores, everyone comes and swamps him and... He's, he seems like a popular member of the squad, but I just I can, really can't even look at him without getting annoyed. Feeling the bile rise up in your throat. Yeah. Um, and Hayne keeps delivering. It was funny that try he scored. You see when he's running, and the only person from Newcastle got close yeah. to him was uh, Willie. was Willie, and there was there was pole accent out of the, the way, and they were having some having, having a laugh as it went over, yeah. and, and Jared trying to put the move on to get it closer to the post, and Willie almost stopped him too. He had to slam it down pretty quickly to uh, yeah. to get it in there before the dead ball line. He's he's brilliant. I'll give him that, and he's he's certainly turning it on week to week. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, I think he he needs they need to give him some help. Absolutely. Okay, now we move over to Twitter and uh, Shithead Listener. Today proves that Para have a long way to go to threaten good teams, despite my self-delusions to the contrary. Hash reality bites. And uh, Jet Nightman, which is a new, a new alias for uh, Danny Palmer, Big Dan. The Hain train has been derailed by the Uate Parte. Welcome back, Newcastle Knights. Keep it up. And we move on to the St. George Illawarra Dragons 24 on Monday Night Footbitch, upsetting the Melbourne Storm 12. Uh, the huge upset, this one. And uh, the Dragons, 24 points, came from tries to Dugan, Widdop, Mitch Rain, and Nightingale, and also Runciman at the end. Gareth Widdop, two from five conversions. Once again, poor goal kicking made it closer than it needed to be. The Storm 12 tries to Billy Slater and Kurt Mann. Cameron Smith, two from two. Benji's warming to the task for the Dragons. Um, still... Still not a complete performance, but his combination with with Widop is really <clears throat> going from strength to strength, and 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 picking Dugan in the centres. I I ridiculed that. I didn't I didn't like it at all. Uh, but I still don't think he, it's like a. I don't think it's it's fantastic. But geez, he did some things. It's working for in them. This game that. Um, it's yeah, working, it's working for McGregor at the moment. You know that's 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 what you could say about it. But um, Benji is just settling in now. To a situation at a club where he's not necessarily has enough to be the Benji. Yep. And so he's actually just settling down to be more of a role player. 
and giving ball to who needs to get More it. More of a Robin, not a Batman, as we've said before. Exactly, and and then when when you let Widdit be the Batman. The Dragons started to perform more like they did at the start of the season where they won a couple straight and were leading the competition briefly. That's right. It was good to see Witter play that well against Melbourne, a team yeah. that probably knows his capabilities and, and could defend yep. um, astutely against him and, and would have been very prepared to uh, to handle whatever he threw at them. So really good performance from him. He got man of the match and, and Craig Bellamy you know, was full of praise for him after the game as well. Something he would have taught Benji in this game. He's like just a sweet long passing. Out to the wingers and like to that, that Runciman and try. He's putting guys in untouched. Sister Wanga was had a fucking shocker on the wing there. Yeah, and you, I mean, you know, you hear a Storm fan talk about you know in general, you know, you know about their players that need to be dropped and and you know Fanu is the name that comes up, but fucking Sister Wanga, <laughs> he was the guy. <laughs> Fanu, I mean, he didn't have a fantastic game. He wasn't there, amazing, but he didn't get exploited in like Sister did. You would imagine that you know. If, Teams looking over their shoulders at the storm, worried about them possibly making a run. But anyone that's got to play them between now and September, you'd be throwing everything at Sisawanga, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. And it's such an unstorm-like defensive performance. Some out, really out soft wide, stuff. Like really soft. soft. As, yeah, softer than baby shit, as yeah. I like to say. Good win for the Dragons. I don't know that the Dragons are a top eight side. I think they're playing some enterprising footy at the moment. Um, and, you know, they certainly have the makings of a decent side, um, certainly a back line. I, I don't know that they've got the forwards to get the job done. Probably a little bit small. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing the thing about this game is, I mean, obviously it was a product of more commitment from everyone in the Dragons' side at the moment and, and people settling into their roles a bit better now with Benji in the side. But the difference in the game... It was still two kicks that took the most ridiculous and fortunate bounces possible for the Dragons. Yeah, but yet, sometimes over the course of a season, you need those. Yeah, there was just to get two, like the two perfect ones where the one bounced over, you know, bounced behind the Storm guys and back over straight to Widdop. And then there was the ones, the one that um, for, I think it was for Nightingale's try, I can't remember when. Or was it for rain when when Benji kicked it through and it sort of deflected off a, yeah. a storm guy and went straight back in towards the sticks and you know just right into the path of someone to pick up and plant over the line. Again, I want to give Nightingale a rap. He um, in that second middle part of the second half, there he was he was coming off his line and it, which is very very dangerous for a winger, but every single time he chopped him down. And you know, good performance. He's he's probably known as much as. Um, for his attacking brilliance as anything else, so it was good to see him excel on the on the defensive side of the field. Twitter, the Ben said, "Dear, he's sent these two Cameron Smith, dear at Cam Smith Nine, we're a storm watching finals this year. Come to a twill meet up, please bring chicken wings." Hash topical catering. <laughs> uh, Freak O Nine, Sharks, Knights, and Dragons all won this weekend. Yep, players are definitely betting on the NRL. There was a fucking chicken wing very early on in that game that was went completely unnoticed. Yeah. Um, They've been off the radar for a couple of years now, the chicken wings. That was almost the first one. Or the grapple was the first one that got stomped. Yeah. And then the chicken wing was the, the sequel to the grapple. It, was, it wasn't as big. It didn't rake in as much money as uh, as the grapple. But, um, yeah, and the grapple to this day, they're pretty much on it straight away. Yeah. But, yeah, the chicken wings, they can sleep, stick them in there sometimes. Um, and we've got Flash1480. Clearly not enough cash in brown paper bags tonight. 
previews. Another short. Uh, this is the the last really badly origin affected round of the year. I mean, I, I don't have the full draw in front of me. I imagine that um, next round it's probably going to have some issues as well. But you know, not as many. It'll be one of the more minimal buy having rounds, and that'll round out the buys for everyone for the year. Yep. But this one we got a lot of buys. We got the Broncos, Raiders, Storm, Knights, Eels, and Warriors all with buys, and the teams playing match of the round on Friday night once again. The Doggies versus the Mighty Manly Sea Eagles at ANZ. Bulldogs without their origin halves. Um, Michael Ennis comes in at a seven. What the fuck? Surely he can't be your best option. Um, sea Eagles obviously missing Cherry. Jackson's a big fan of Cherry Evans. Yeah. Yeah. Saw him today, shook his hand, he said. Yep. Um, had a little bit of fun. Yeah. good. Yeah. Doesn't have any issues with Cherry Evans. Big bit it's of a good. fan. It's good. Good to hear. It's impossible to have issues with Cherry Evans. <laughs> oh, I could, Great I could think of a few. Um, not much other origin involvement with Watmo. So well, yeah, we don't have origin involvement given the injuries to Glenn Stewart and, and the suspension to Watmo. Those yeah. two would probably be in there otherwise. It was funny. I was just talking about this with someone today. And there's a lot of manly people going, isn't it? You know, that was almost like they were complaining, like, oh, you know, top on the table and only one person in Origin. You know? and that's good. I think that's fucking fantastic. But if it, if Origin was a free-for-all and, you know, Kiwis could get in it and and that kind of thing, and, like, if Jamie Lyon was interested, we'd be we'd be absolutely right because you'd see Lyon would be there, Matai would be there, Foran would be there, you know, Cherry Evans, Watmo, Glenn Stewart. So... It's just it's it's great that we get away with one guy. And I mean, Little John's done the job before. I mean, we've said in the past that he's not really a Cherry Evans sort of player. He's more of a foreign, like a, a Little John Cherry Evans combination. We're certainly losing stuff, but not to you know, not sure. not massively. We're, but we we do miss Cherry Evans when he's not there. However, you do have the the added advantage that. You know, this could be one of those games where Kieran Foran goes into beast mode and just wins the game on his own. Now, last time we played the Doggies, they actually had their Origin guys in the side, right? It was it was after an Origin game. It was like the, I'll, I think it was. I think I'll it was, take your word for it, but I can't I th- remember. I, th- I think it was, yeah, because I remember there was some umming and ahhing on whether Reynolds would play or not, and he was uh, he was a go at the end. So it may have been after the after the first game. Let's say for argument's sake, we touched the fuckers up thirty-two to ten or something of that nature, mm. thirty-two to twelve. This time, yeah, we don't have Cherry Evans, but, but, the rest of the side's in great form at the moment. The rest of the side's, yeah. There's a lot of structures in that same side that are well intact, particularly left side, best side, with your Matt Heiser for and Justin Horrows out to Tafua, yeah. Brett Stewart chiming in, lethal. I think the Bulldogs have got the stronger forward pack, but um, if the Seagulls can, you know, can get involved in that arm wrestle and at least hold their own, then I think Kieran Foran uh, will then take control of the game and, and, you know, get the ball out to those guys and then Brett Stewart in the middle of that. I think it would be too much for the Bulldogs to handle and, and the, the Eagles will win by 1-12. to 13-plus, says the people in the know. St. George Illawarra Dragons take on the North Queensland Cowboys on Saturday at Jubilee. Dragons coming off a pretty good win. Uh, Cowboys Sands, Thurston and Scott Yeah uh, Scott through injury of course And uh, Oh mate What's his name? Tamau as well Into origin uh, Not travellers at the best of times No Look I There's no legendary stories Being sung about the baby Cowboys Is there? No definitely not uh, And away from home It all adds up I think 
Um, if if Widdop and Marshall can keep this combination blossoming, um, I think they might be able to uh, expose enough holes in the Cowboys' defence to get away with the win. Robert Louis back in the side, given Thurston's out. Robert Louis playing in the five eighth, so Louis Calm is going to play a factor as well. Yeah. But also, you know, just run people at Louis all night. There's fucking three tries through that prick every time he takes the field. So yeah. just uh, you know, treat him like an Ashford and bend him over like his his name's Blake Ashford. I say. And I'll be tipping the Dragons to win that one. Sydney Roosters take on the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. Now, the Roosters were fucking late getting the team out. I don't actually have it in front of me. Yeah. I, I gave them to like 6 o'clock and they still had not it It's out. reasonably full strength. Um, obviously, Maloney and Pierce are there. Minicello. Yeah. They're what? The loss of Cordner. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Cordner. Jennings. Well, Jennings is hurt. And he's hurt. And um, then through injury. And then Tupo into origin. True. Sorry, I didn't. Uh, Nene, Nene McDonald. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the wing there, but look, it's still a side boasting Minicello, um, Orbison, Kenny Dalto versus Sheck, Maloney, Pierce in the back line. Look, you you would have to think they've and given the Sharks. Orbison's like, rubbish in the back line. Sharks. I mean, Sharks have sacked a coach, and generally when you say that a team sacked a coach, they come out the next week and generally beat their opposition. But the fact that you know, they've, they've dragged coach from under-20s. Mm-hmm. I, I just I think the Sharks are a rabble and the Roosters will give them a fucking absolute god almighty hiding. Look, that... that this, could, this could get 50, 60. Who that, knows? Game against, that game against the Broncos, that was an aberration and that was players responding to the charges from their captain that they hadn't been giving 100%. Yeah. And they only gave 100% for 26 fucking minutes of, this game, of that game. Too. That's exactly And that was it. just enough to beat a side that loves to choke. Essentially, so I mean, they will choke if you give them the opportunity to choke, they will fucking take it every time without question. So, yeah, I don't put any stock in that win. They've lost their they've lost their star player now, as well, as far as creativity is concerned. Uh, it's good to see old Farmanu Brown getting uh, a starting position, given that I've I bought him as a cheapy and super coach. It's <laughs> good to see a chance for him to earn some points for me. But uh, it's a halves combination that's not going to um, strike fear in the hearts of any opponent. Uh, sending ball out to a back line that doesn't really strike fear into any opponents either. Uh, the you know the only thing they could do to make their chances worse in this game was to recall Ashford, but that hasn't happened. So uh, the Sharks will only lose by about 38. West Tigers take on the Penrith Panthers on a Sunday afternoon footy. This one, obviously, Blake Austin, he's come in at fullback to replace the injured Tanampon. To Dedsko. Um, Joel Luani replaces Robbie. Um, Martin, Marty Tapau replaces Woodsy in the front row. And, and Keith Lalia replaces the injured Tim Simona in centres. So a, a bit of a reshuffle there for the Tigers. I think it all comes down to how well Austin uh, can combine. He's, he's much, much, much more of a ball player. Uh, then he is a runner of the ball. He, he he's very good when running the ball to the line, but chiming in from fullback and being a link man, um, yet to see it from him. He's certainly got the passing game, but whether his timing is there, and then defensively you've got you know uh, him being expected to do a fairly important job there at the back. So big responsibility on on Blake Austin's shoulders. He hasn't let the team down once this year, but. Uh, I meant to tweet him and ask him how many games he's played at fullback in his career. Yeah. I wouldn't imagine it'd be too many. 
Uh, pretty pretty big bench. Uh, Halitau obviously is there to uh, to relieve Luani at some point during the game, and then you've got Siemana Fanai, Akuala, and Jack Buchanan on the bench. Uh, James Gavay still not back, still playing uh, New oh, South Wales Cup. Yeah, well, until last week. Sorry? Last week he rocked up 35 minutes late and got dropped. Yeah, right. Is that yeah. what the issue? I heard there was an issue there. So. Don't know why he, I don't know, I don't know why he rocked up. But people were saying he, he turned up drunk or something like that, but then I just heard that he'd rocked up 35 minutes late Okay. and was subsequently dropped. Yeah, and rightfully so. You know, there's, there's an expectation needs to fucking there. sort himself out. Well, he was the, he was the guy that... Um, that was a real catalyst for our forward aggression. So the sooner we can get him back into a good headspace and back into first grade, the better. Um, but, you know, if that's his attitude at the moment, then New South Wales Cup's probably the best place for him. Um, very worried about this game. Very, very concerned. Um, not just because Robbie and Woodsy are out. Um, we do have a really good recent record against the Panthers and, and it's at Leichhardt Oval, both positive factors for the Tigers. But... I've just, uh, given some of the footy they've been playing, the Panthers, I've just got a little bit of concern there and uh, it'll be a, a fairly hotly contested game, but I think the Tigers will win by six. I think the Panthers will win this by a fucking, you know, how many? You know, pick your margin to make sure it's over 13 plus. <laughs> Jeez. A side that's virtually, you know, well, it's completely untouched by origin commitment. Yeah. Which is a blessing for you know for them to be so far up the ladder and have the origin thing out of the way. I mean, yeah, they've had a soft draw, but they've won the they've beaten the sides in front of them, and you know a, a tiger's side that only has a third of a spine, and not only that, a spine that's actually that that's that's failed to fire on all cylinders condition you know consistently anyway, and now you know that spine's done for the year. Tedesco's gone, uh, you know Robbie. This is the last time he'll be AWOL, you know, pending any injuries, um, but. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard for Luke Brooks. It's it's He's not really the support yeah. That, the the forwards really need to get well on top against the Panthers and and give Brooks even, you know, even more room than than what you would normally expect yep. to be able to give a halfback to um so he can sort of steer the ship and, and run the show. And he's got some fucking stupid plays in him when you know he fit, when he gets the feeling that it's all on him to win the game individually. Yeah, look to be expected from a young bloke that's that's come into the side with a fair bit of hype and, and a huge amount of responsibility um, as far as creativity goes, especially when Robbie's not around. So um, I, th- I think it's really up to the forwards, led by Galloway and Tapau uh, and Adam Blair, to, to to get well on top of the Panthers. I was pretty impressed with Curtis Sirenen last week, um, only his second game back, and he... Um, He's the sort of guy. He's probably going to account for Liam Fulton's spot there yep. in the Tigers, and uh, we do we do miss Liam's experience and his and his defence. But Curtis Irinen offers a lot more as far as ball playing and attacking option and and his size as yep. well. So um, interesting to see how how much he improves from week to week. He might pose the Panthers a few problems as well. Curtis Irinen is probably more handy at a trivia night too at this point. Than Liam Fulton. <laughs> oh fuck! It's way too late to be cracking that son. Okay, and finally Monday night for Bridge South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the Gold Coast Titans at ANZ. Merit at fullback. Jeez, that's a danger. 
But, you know, countering that, Zilman at fullback. <laughs> countering that, Gold Coast Titans. Yeah. Um, I think the Rabbitohs will win this game. Uh, John Sutton, Adam Reynolds, halves combination, untouched. Uh, Coruscant, at hooker. Shitload of bird eyes. Uh, Merritt's done the job plenty of times for South fullback, and I don't see why he wouldn't do it here against um, pretty inferior opposition and, and, and 50 million Burgess boys to, to get on top in the forwards. So uh, I think South will, will put on a pretty impressive show and um, and continue how they finished last last start with, uh, you know, they finished with a flurry, and I think they'll start with one this week. So you don't hold much, put much stock in the developing combination between Daniel Mortimer and uh, Maurice Blair? None. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, South will win it. But, you know, it's Monday Night Football, and, you know, shit happens, you know, it's always, you know, the underdog always has, always has their chance, so who knows, who knows. And that is full time for episode 161. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League and on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Uh, so make sure you hit the like button, share our posts around, all that good stuff. Help us spread the word. iTunes, no new re- reviews this week. Tipping, a bit of a tipocalypse this week. Uh, I'm just looking over the top uh, 10 at the moment that I have in front of me. No one got more than four out of the possible maximum seven. And our leader, Shane Aaron Elvis, got two. He still holds the lead. One point, though, 81 points overall. One point over Blue Beaver. Uh, and Tigers, 12.0. And Whitey got himself up to that second tier with a four, with the best I've seen uh, this round, four out of uh, seven. Life of Ty, 79, one back. David Kingston, Paraman, 1973. GT John, Desi, uh, they are sorry, on 79. And Desi Ducks and Voodoo Rock ran out of the top 10 on 78. So Voodoo Rock, defending champion, he's not out of it. Three points off the lead, not out of it. Impressive. Yep, and uh, fantasy. The Wendells maintain their top position uh, over the Dingbats. Too much tuna, mighty doggy, sticky fingers, Virgo. NZ underscore Magpie 54, sarcastic pricks, Sea Eagle assassins, CJs, and Winter is Crowding has returned to the top 10. Uh, shop... We're clearing out the old Revelation shirts. Tigers in decline. It's fucking... It, it comes back around. It always does. And you'll see it this weekend. So uh, get on those as well. And um, New South Wales one in a row shirts. Still stock of those coming. I mean, they're going to land, you know, probably in three or four weeks. But I did order extra stock from what was initially ordered as well. So you've got very few. I think some of the, the small sizes, I think like extra small and small, I think they're probably gone. There's medium, large XLs left. And... Very few two XLs is like less than you know four of each of the larger sizes left as well. Um, so what else? I think that's about it. That you is it. Membership stuff. Um, yeah, I mean keep your memberships coming in if you like. We've still got. Uh, I can see uh, shirts there for every size, so they're still available. Um, and especially if you want a want a nightgown. Or whatever, you know. Uh, yeah, by means we still have some of these larger sizes uh, to go as well. And I say we'll probably think of something we can do to, uh, you know, help move those bad boys on. And well, Danny Tequila, if you, you want one as a nightgown, well, by all means, you get it free. <laughs> my my idea Sweetheart. to get rid of the memberships would be to have people actually put their hands in their pockets and buy them. Yeah, I would. I, yeah, I would. I would like that as well. But we need to find, you know, people of certain physical dimensions. I mean, we certainly have all the small sizes available still. 
in the but yeah, we're talking about the husky three x four x gentlemen. Husky gentlemen listening. Uh, so. If you're listening and you haven't bought a, a membership yet, and there are a number of you, uh, get on there and check the sizing, and you'll see that we are friendly to the husky gentlemen. I mean, there are not many people that go to the extent that we do to accommodate as many sizes as we possibly, possibly can. That's right. So do us a favour and buy a membership. Exactly. And we'll love you forever. Word. All right. That's it. We'll not piss in your mouth. <laughs> or our own. Ever. I solemnly make that promise. <laughs> I concur. All right. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.